0: I've been doing good though. Overall, like I'm just just working like yeah. my actual job and then pretty much feeling all the time I have like not working with this. Nice. Trying to get this done. It's been a, it's been a process because I probably came up with this idea like October 2020. Oh, okay. And I'm, no, I'm just now like really getting into like seeing it through. But I'm happy, though, regardless, and, I'm like, I'm excited for what this is. I don't have no water. <laughs> excited for uh, what I'm going to get into and, like, what we're going to – what I hope to be is just, like, a good place to share stories and, like, you know, I hope my audience grows. I don't know. Like, I don't know what else – what's going to come. It's my first time doing something solo. Like, I do podcasts, with a like, with my friend.
1: Yeah, I remember that.
0: But this is, like, me really controlling, <laughs> like, everything I want to put out, how I want to present it. Um, and it's, it's just interesting, you know,
1: I think it's a dope thing,
0: Yeah, but that's just what I've been on. Um, yeah, my job told me that we're about to go back to the office in January.
1: How you feel about that?
0: I'm okay. They told us it's only going to be two days a week.
1: Oh, okay. So I'm
0: not mad at that. They said Tuesdays and Wednesdays and I'm like, that's cool. Ooh. Like, that's pretty doable. Yeah. I don't have to go in on Mondays. Don't got to go on Fridays. Like, I think yeah. that's pretty clutch. So Yeah. Um I don't know. I guess we're gonna see about this new variant. Like I think that's just like my most concern.
1: Yeah. All I'm seeing is it's being called Omarion. <laughs> I'm like, there's no a there's
0: an Omnicron, man. Omicron. I'm like, I'm I'm like why y'all man. I said, why'd y'all make this so hard for people to say?
1: Yeah. I'm really. I'm like, how do y'all even come up with the names? Like I feel like y'all need to call this
0: like uh like Iron Man suits. Just call it the <laughs> Mark One, Mark Two. <laughs>
1: For real, because
0: name it off the <laughs> presidents because we hate all of them too. How about that? I'm
1: saying, like, what you know? I'm tired of all of them though, to be honest. Because look, I'm like, I turned 30 at the end of the month. I am not trying to be inside for my 30th birthday.
0: Okay. I feel like that's a big one.
1: It is because last year it was 29, but I was in the house, you know, because of COVID, obviously, and it was so good, but mm-hmm. it was definitely different than what I'm used to doing. I'm so low key. Like, I turned 25 in the house.
0: I remember what I did. I went on a hike that was beautiful. It was amazing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And,
0: and then I got drunk in the house. <laughs> and, that's it was,
1: and that's lit.
0: It was so sad because I feel like drunk in the house, though. Like, when I, <laughs> not like, ah, uh, I just had a few drinks at the house. I got a little tipsy. No, I got drunk. Turnt. Turnt. I was like, oh, in the house. I don't got nothing. I was like, I guess I'm gonna go lay down.
1: <laughs> yeah, we had a couple of those moments uh, during the quarantine and being lit in the house, and we we're like, this is so out of the ordinary. But I mean, it's what the time calls for right now.
0: Yeah, it's true. No, nah, but I hope you get to spend like the 30th outside. I hope.
1: I know. Everybody
0: just gets to do what they want to do for their for the, all their birthdays now. Right. I, I
1: just I just needed to be clear come this wedding because. Listen. Do
0: you have a plan? Like, do you know
1: what you wanna do? What do you mean, like you for already... your birthday? Oh, for my birthday? Yeah. I was somewhere in the city, but Omarion was found in the city recently. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to meet him there. So I don't know. I do want to go to the city, probably have like a nice dinner or something. I'm not really trying to be in the clubs like that. Oh well, I can't stand clubs. No. I I was yeah. I was already off of that by the time before like COVID even hit. But like now that it did, I'm like, how are we okay? When did do- you,
0: when did you reach the point where you're like, I don't do clubs no more?
1: I would say really it started creeping in 2017. Okay. Going on 26, actually. Okay. 25 going on 26. And I was like, this is cool. You know what? Summer 16 was the best. Everybody like, says this. <laughs> uh, after summer 16, I was like, you know what? I'm good. I did about three years worth of partying in one summer. Spring and summer. I saw so, that like
0: everybody talks about summer 2016 and how how good it was. I feel yeah, like. It
1: was just universal. The vibes were universal. Like, it
0: It's true. It was definitely a good time.
1: Yeah. I don't know if like the stars would line up in a different place they weren't usually in or something because... Everybody was feeling it.
0: Yeah, I feel. I mean, I'm only 26 now. I've probably been over the club since I've been 22, <laughs> a year after I was leaked. Cause like, it's not like I haven't been in a club. Like, right. I did like the teen clubs, which is not right. the same at all. Like, let yeah. me not let me not say like it's the same, but it's like a buildup. Yeah, it has like the same kind of energy. It's just hella that's people weird. stuck in one spot. <laughs> it's hot, and then the only thing that you get added is liquor. Like, yeah,
1: because like legally,
0: yeah, I was high school sneaking into like the eighteen and up clubs. I was eighteen sneaking into bars. Like, I I had did it, and I, by the time I was like, I just don't like. I have a particular thing about the clubs. Yeah, I, I think the clubs. I hate the energy that they like. Yeah, create.
1: that's exactly the reason why
0: I, I, I hate the I hate the I got to fuck tonight energy Yeah that, <laughs> that a club gives you, and I feel like Indeed. I feel like nah, because like I'm getting older. Right now, I think living through the pandemic, I realized when I go out, I really do want to have fun. So, like, yeah, I, before I've been like, I have social anxiety. I'd be like, not trying to dance. I'd be like, fuck that shit. I'm gonna <laughs> cut it up. Like, right. I'm trying to have a good ass time. But then you'd be walking in these spaces where like. Nobody wants to dance. So I'd be like,
1: no, for real. So but you feel
0: like the real one.
1: Yeah, that's the main thing that changed because, like, when we were going, so at San, Jose, when, we, when I was at San Jose State, we had like eighteen and up clubs, but they were so lit. Everybody that was yeah. twenty and was going to the eighteen and up clubs because it was that lit. Damn. And so, but everybody danced, and I and I was really in the last like cohort of a generation to where we didn't pull out our phones like mm-hmm. there's so much footage that I don't have because I was too busy the moments like, you
0: didn't you didn't capture always like look the yeah, best moments
1: exactly it's one of those like you had to be there to experience the type of things because and now though like like I said 2017 2018 was when like we went out a couple times but for one I was like happily in a relationship I was like oh yes I don't have to deal with all these raggedies. <laughs> out here trying to holler like you know and that and that was a whole nother experience itself and i was like okay i'm ready to settle down because out this outside ain't it but yeah um, yeah people stop stop dancing as much and it wasn't you know almost to the point where it's like if you're dancing and everybody's kind of looking at you like oh damn i'm like wait when did this become weird
0: man (laughs) i remember the like i feel like it's a is it a bay area thing because i went to arizona like, oh, yeah, not so I got too so long ago and it was like really like my second, third time in Arizona, but I stayed there for mm-hmm. a week and I finally like got to go out and like see the nightlife mm-hmm. and like, I mean, it's near college. So I think that's what changes. It's like, yeah. it's like both cities of Arizona are college towns. Like whether you yeah. go to Phoenix or where do we go?
1: There's one I'm thinking of starts with S.
0: Yeah. The other one. The other place in Phoenix, Tucson, it's Tucson, 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 Arizona. And then those places both have like either has University of Arizona or Arizona state. So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's half a regular city, but half a college town at the same time. So I feel like, okay, people were dancing. I was dancing. I had a good time. Also, I was like, I don't know nobody. (laughs) <laughs> right. I'm gonna leave I really don't care what y'all think of me uh, <laughs> so I had a good time but yeah I feel like man it's so weird to dance now
1: yeah I like I said I can't tell you What are we, I don't even remember we went out for Halloween and this past year yeah
0: we threw a party it was a like Raina's little sister had a birthday uh-huh so we just had like a Halloween party a
1: house people. party yeah that's fire yeah cool. we went out I dressed up, did the whole thing, being uh, the Gwen Stacy Spider-Woman, mm-hmm. and Cam had to be like a bodyguard outside of his Spider-Man costume, because <laughs> I was getting looked at. I was like, yo, quarantine got people tripping out here. I
0: feel like I feel like this is a conversation I get in so much about like how dudes be acting, and I feel like it's so... I can call out the bullshit. I mean, I'm a dude. Like, I, I can right. call out, I'd be pointing it out. And I'd be like, yo. <laughs> I, I'd just be looking at it as like, "I okay, I always say this. My relationship towards women, I think, is different just because I got raised by my mom.
2: Right, And I right. got
0: raised by, kind of, like, a tribe of women in
2: general. Right, right, So, I
0: feel like my, I really hold them up on a pedestal.
2: Right. And, then,
0: like, my basic of it is, like, how I interact with women. I'd be like, how my mom feels right about what I would do interacting with women I'm now I, now i say this to say and I always preface this I'm a dude I'm part of a whole species of men so let me not say I ain't made my mistakes or been a terrible dude to right. a woman or two in my past and i hopefully I'm better than that now if I didn't get a chance to apologize to those women like I hope that just like I'm being better now for the sake of like I learned a lesson and right. not to do that again that's how i'd be looking at it and I'd be like Men just be self-sabotaging themselves. <laughs> I be telling it. I be like, I told Rayna, right I'm like, yo, like, if I really, it's like, you are the prize. And not like in a materialistic way. I'm not yeah. trying to frame it that way, but like in the sense right. of like, I'm trying to get with you. I'm trying to date you. Like, you the prize. So <laughs> I can only fuck it up. Like, if you fuck with me, then the only right. thing I could really do is fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> right. and I feel like how do y'all not be knowing this and then it's funny we speak at the club I had gotten to I was listening to another podcast and they were saying before mm-hmm. what is the best way to interact with women in the club because mm. the setting is so tense now
1: wow that's very interesting and one
0: dude he was all like I think the best way to do if you want to like maybe try to shoot your shot with a woman specifically at a club is you should walk up to her if you it's like he always said it has to be genuine. Like, you have to want to do this in the first mm-hmm. place because mm-hmm. the energy is key.
1: Right.
0: I said, the energy is key. It's true because you can feel intentions. I feel like. like yeah. He was like, just go to a woman, say something nice, walk away.
2: Yeah, I see
0: that. And I think, like, I feel I've gotten mixed responses. I've heard, <laughs> I feel like I've I said this to some people and they're like, that works because i you know, I think in his theory, you give the woman space to be like, is this right. something you want to pursue? Like, Did that dude intrigue you in any way, shape, or form? You have the space to continue that. That's but then true. they also say we should just make that normal to decrease mm-hmm. the amount of, like, uh, probably mixed feelings. I don't want to say what feelings women feel when just interacting with men these days. Like, saying mm-hmm. a nice compliment, go about your day. And just, like... <laughs> Right, something positive on this person.
1: Yeah, and I feel like that also, like, depends on, like, the type of chick, right? Because, like, for me, like, I used to get hounded, and I hated that shit. Mm -hmm. And funny, because I tell Cam that sometimes, yo, well, look how you look. I was like, yeah, but, like, what's wrong with just saying, like, you know, just giving a compliment, then just going about the day? Then, like, if I'm intrigued by it and I like it, I'll be like, you know what? What's your name? Like, (laughs) you know? But... There's a, I feel like it can go either way, but also, then also there's the chicks out there that love attention. Like if you give her a compliment and walk away, she's gonna be mad that you didn't, you know, stay. Or by. on
0: the flip side, she gonna be so fucked up because everybody's used to giving her like hella attention. She's yeah. Definitely gonna chase you down.
2: Right. And be like, right.
0: what's up with this? <laughs> right. Right. I but, just feel like I feel like it's a cool thing to normalize, just to make it like a nice thing to do. I always <laughs> felt like.
1: I think people in general, especially when it comes, I guess, in this times of dating and stuff, they need to stop looking for these social media means to give them directions on how to interact with people. Yeah, like it's it's kind of weird. Like y'all are living and dying by these memes with intentions yeah. on it.
0: <laughs> I feel like you have to ask people that you see in, the one that you respect and that you see in successful relationships, like. right? And I feel like that successful relationships in many ways, not just romantic, but like platonic right. family relationships. Like mm-hmm. there's keys to keeping them on. And since you're a soon-to-be wife, currently <laughs> fiance, like at this point, like what do you think is your best advice you can give somebody?
1: Like somebody about like a relationship? Just like
0: keeping or building a relationship with somebody. Or like Keep- what's your biggest lesson you've learned like to date?
1: My biggest lesson I've learned to date. Um, Really, in order to pour, I feel like to pour what you want to pour into a relationship to have it be healthy, it really is a cliche as this stuff sounds. It really starts with you getting good with yourself first. Like not even on some like, okay, I meditated for like two weeks' straight, I'm ready to find my husband type of thing. Like, nah. You know, and I I saw something with like a, you know, um, Summer Walker's Sierra's Prayer, and everybody was like, oh, this is what she did to get Russell Wilson, blah, blah, blah. We all saw the relationship that she was in before Russell Wilson's future, right? Right. We already know what the future's about. There's a lot of healing that I'm sure that she's had to do from that before she can get and receive somebody like Russell Wilson. For sure. Right. And so, like, I was in a, The relationship before this one, that wasn't the best, right? It wasn't abusive, but it was not healthy in that sense. I knew I wasn't ready to be in a relationship after that. And I was like, no, I'm going to be single for like a long time. I don't know how long, but I'm going to be single. I'm just going to enjoy myself, get to know myself now at this stage in my life versus, you know, when I was an early teen or whatever.
2: Yeah.
1: And I'm just going to learn more about myself. And like I healed from it and everything and really did a lot of like deep diving and figuring out like okay, like, I know what I don't want, but what do I want <laughs> type of thing. Right. And um, just really, like, fell in love with myself, you know, like, really spending time with myself, like, taking myself on me dates and things like that. And um, by the time I was in, getting into this relationship, I was at a place where I knew I was ready for it, but I also knew, like, with him, I was like, yo, this is this is going to be the last relationship you're going to be in, so are you ready? And I was like, okay, like, Are we ready? Yeah, I think we are. But I took enough time to myself and did everything else I wanted to do and just, you know, chill for the most part and really like love myself so much to where if somebody else came in my life, they can't take anything out, take anything away from me because I have everything in me. Yeah. And so that's how I'm able to give 100% into my relationship because I'm good with myself and I was good with myself going into it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really big one for sure. I mean, it's like you can't do for others until for you do for yourself. Basically, mm-hmm. like um, it's funny. I feel like the I give probably the most like similar advice along the same lines. Most recently, people have kind of been asking me. I've been like in a conversation where people are asking my relationships,
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and aside from taking your time, I feel like and patience is what. I got out of my current relationship, like, being with Raina, it's because she's the first person I really, like, got to know before we were, like, mm-hmm. really, like, we're dating. Like, we casually dated or, you know, just, like, for a while and, like, you mm-hmm. know, hung out, spent time together. That's yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Went through some shit before we were, like, I'm trying to be with this person, which I hadn't done before and mm-hmm. I think make it, like, it made a tremendous difference and in that time where we were getting to know each other, it's like, a lot of honest conversations like we had oh, this before yeah. we felt like an obligation to each other
2: mm-hmm.
0: but it also let us know like what time we were on we all we were very honest from each other at a at a point that maybe could have been uncomfortable for other like at for us at different times I say like for me at a different time I don't know if I had the conversations I' have had at the time but I feel like the also I've been asked to tell people I'm like you got to figure out what you want like ask yourself.
1: Exactly. What Figure do you, out 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 of, you want
0: out of, like, if you get with this person, what are you seeking out of this relationship? And, like, right. what do you want from this person? What do you want to give to this person? Like, what are you giving each other reciprocally? Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I feel like, okay. not to say, like, I haven't dated just to kind of date somebody. I think we mm-hmm. do do that. But I think for you to be in a space to, like, really nurture a relationship, you got to really figure out mm-hmm. what you're doing and what you want out of said exactly. relationship. I feel like that's scary to some, at some, to some people, but I think it's scary maybe to everybody at certain times in their life. Yeah. Like it just kind of depends on where you are.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. Like to a lot of us, too many of us know what we don't want and we focus on what we don't want. And then mm-hmm. when it's time to have that conversation about what you do want, you realize that you don't know what you want. Yeah. And too many people get into relationships trying to figure out what they want when they should have taken the time to do that before they got into anything serious. And then by the time they figure out what they want, they realize what they do have ain't what they want. Yeah. (laughs) It's all bad.
0: I feel like a lot of us are like trial and error people. So we don't really know what we want or don't want. Probably not until after a few relationships.
2: Right, right. The
0: unfortunate part of it. like I think that's like... An unfortunate, unfortunate circumstance of just our current human dating process. I feel like that we yeah. just ain't figured out.
1: And I and I feel like that's that's not that's fine and that's like normal. Yeah. Since, at the same time, at what point do you like stop and sit down and really put some thought into it?
2: Mm-hmm. Because
1: how many relationships you gonna go through doing that? <laughs> you yeah. know. So it's like, at what point do you stop and reflect a little bit? And yeah. Then like, this ain't it definitely.
0: It definitely gets old after a while. Yeah. For sure.
1: Yeah, I, was, um, I, I wasn't I was too much of a dater like that, mm-hmm. more so because I didn't want to get too involved with somebody that I knew I wasn't going to settle down with.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But, like, I had some people I was, like, real cool with and, like, hung out with and stuff like that, but it was never anything to where it was, like, I, I, I feel like I learned something from each of them as far as, like, you know, there was some aspects that I really liked and I was like, oh, okay, that's something I didn't know I liked. Let me make sure, like, this, this, and this. And then as far as compatibility, sometimes you're just not compatible and it don't work out.
0: Yeah, So for sure. I think mine was, like, a process of, like, I think I did date a few people, like, casually. Like, I, you know, just, like, I was on Tinder, basically. You know what I mean? (laughs) I was Tinder dating, basically. You know, whatever that can mean for you. But I think through my interactions... I think those interactions definitely told me during the time of it was happening. Like I learned a lot about myself and really what I was looking for and what I wasn't looking for. Right. For sure.
1: Crazy. Crazy thing is, is like you know when it came to Cam, like he was. I always knew he was like everything, Mm -hmm. but the timing wasn't right. But also going back to like loving myself, right? I knew if the chance never came around for us to be together, I was completely okay with that because he was also my friend first. Mm. And I wanted good. I wanted the best for him as a friend, regardless if it was with me or not.
0: Yeah. You know, I feel that Raina Raina said when we first met, she like ghosted me for two weeks. (laughs)
1: Like
0: after literally like I we met one day, I saw her maybe the next day after that, and then she ghosted me for two weeks. And then she'll tell you that she was all like, when she met me, she knew I was relationship material, but she just got a relationship, and so she oh, ran. Yep. She yep. ran away. She was like, "This wasn't the energy I was looking for." Yep. And I'm thinking, she like, was honest
2: though. She was. Honest she was, was,
0: she was hella honest for real. She was honest with and I was all like, "Oh, I was just hanging out." <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: I was like, "We just met. I don't know. Like, I was just like trying to get to know you. Seemed cool." Yeah. Um. But yeah. (coughs) Oh, excuse me. I need to get some water in a second. Um, Okay, the next thing is Rihanna getting national hero for Barbados, Barbados. which I think is amazing. I saw the the clip of the ceremony and made me cry within like three seconds. I was like, (laughs) oh my god, so beautiful.
1: I think that's dope.
0: Yeah, I feel like it made me question who would be our national hero. Not for like America, who's like our black national <laughs> hero? Okay. I don't give a fuck about who the country deems. It's probably gonna be somebody stupid that we don't agree with.
1: I nobody worried about
0: that. But if you could pick one black person that represents like black America as a national hero, who would it be? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Same. Rookie, I feel like Jay Z. Do you think Jay-Z? I think Jay-Z because I think he was like, a fuck you to everybody else. I think his whole story is all like... I could agree with that. It's like, I think, from what we all know, I think surface level without knowing Jay-Z personally and like everything he's done, like, you had a life. Um, you did some things to make your life whatever it had to be at the time. Yeah. You switched your whole thing. You started making music at damn near 30. <laughs> Like, right. you see I think you did your first thing at twenty eight, and then you turned that to becoming a billionaire, like in this whole empire. Like it's crazy,
1: man. Honestly, i I am a huge. I've always been a huge Nipsey fan before people knew him to what he was going to be or where he was when he was here. Yeah, but honestly, I feel like the way that he was going, he easily would have been that because yeah, his story as well. You know, like. He was on his way, and he was doing some things, like yeah, things. And I, to this day, like I really hate that he was, you know, taken away from us in front of something that he worked for so hard for that yeah. whole, body, you know, and um, what he was doing, like for the community, and you know, he was like the hood Superman <laughs> in the sense, but yeah. he was doing, he was more than that though. Very intelligent, you know. He had two sides to him, three sides to him.
0: He was like, I feel like he was like the hood Superman, but we also knew you were Clark Kent in the same way. Like, exactly. we, we know you Clark exactly. Kent, like we know you a regular dude that's really trying mm-hmm. to do what you, what he had to do for him. Yeah. Like everyday person, but you're also yeah. Superman at the same time. And we exactly. know, it's like, and we knew both
1: sides. He was that. And I feel like he was, he was going places. For sure, and if I think like, he was going places
0: and taking people places, for sure. Oh yeah,
1: he definitely did. He for sure was doing that. Yeah. Thing and like if you if you like, like I said, I've been a fan since I don't know like high school, mm-hmm. like 2009 or so, and so from 2009 to, like 2018, like the growth and the fact that like Victory Lap dropped when it dropped, it was like bro, we've been waiting on this because. Hell long. I've been listening to
0: I remember right. I was listening to like uh, the marathon, the marathon extra laps. Uh, right. What is it? Mail money or... Yeah, mail,
1: mailbox money. Mailbox, yeah, like yeah. Slauson like, Boy. Victory lap on the way. I'm like, bro, you've been saying this for like... Hell long <laughs> And the crazy thing is on a on the actual Victory Lap album, a lot of those songs he had made years before. That's the part that had me low-key kind of fucked up. You, you can tell which ones, though. If you really, really can, you know, listen to his music, you can tell when he was, like, slightly younger. Mm-hmm. He dropped some spec specifically on, um, I think it was Slossom Boy 2. Yeah. Mixtape. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. he For me, he definitely would have been, like, a <sighs> national hero, for real. I
0: think that's a a very good, I think. Between him, Jay Z, I think Beyonce would have to be up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Obama, just because you like did something that like I don't think anybody from a certain area ever thought would have happened. Right. There's definitely some motherfuckers who saw that happen that like probably broke down in tears, so they're like, "Never, oh,
2: never, yeah, yeah.
0: never." <laughs> like yeah. that. So that's like I think just for. Just for that. Just for that. Like, just for you winning
2: twice. You
0: know, like, like twice. not once. Twice. twice. <laughs> I don't really care what you did in the middle, <laughs> but <laughs> you did it. Like, I feel like, but you did that thing.
1: Right. right.
0: That's tight, though. Yeah.
1: Um, I, but I think that's dope that Rihanna got, na- uh, you know, recognized as a national hero for her by Beatles because, like, I think when Rihanna dropped her very first album, I was, like, in the seventh grade. The music of the sun. And I remember seeing her and I was like, oh my gosh. Like I'm like, I'm a young girl. I didn't the only other like female artist I think I looked up to at that age was Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. So then there was like a new one for me and I was like, oh snaps. Like first that first uh single, um Ponder Replay. That I was like, I was stuck on it in the seventh grade, but I didn't know anything about Barbados until like her. And I was mm-hmm. like started looking it up and I was like, bruh honeymoon spot or not, like, even back <laughs> then, <laughs> you know? Are you going to go? I don't know. We still trying to figure all this stuff out. Man. <laughs> but um, she's done a lot. She's put, like, really put her country on the map map for, like, our generation, and she's done a lot. Like, she's the first woman billionaire, right? Or the first... I forget. The first just, female, uh,
0: I think, music artist billionaire. Yeah, I like, yeah. Yeah, because I don't think even... Beyonce is there. But if she's a billionaire outside of music, though, her money really comes from, like... That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. she has,
1: she's, she's, she's like, the
0: first person to be in, uh, put into that fashion house.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So she has two brands, because she has um, the Fenty. Yeah. Which I think... And then I think she has, like, Fenty as her makeup, but then the Fenty Savage as, like, the clothing.
1: Yeah, it's the, the,
2: I'm not, you know... She's doing it, it, though.
1: She's killing it. So, so, so yeah, really, he's doing a lot for sure. Speaking of the
0: fashion too, you know, I also wanted to get we recent you know, recently Virgil Abloh has passed. Um, yeah. but like not to speak on that. I mean, I don't know much about him. Obviously, he went through something in private, and I think his, I'm just going to respect the privacy of it. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. But I think speaking on, like, his legacy, like, what do you think his legacy would be?
1: I think, really, he broke the barrier more so for, like, the current fashion for, like, black men. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you heard, like, Off-White, right? Yeah. Like, that's one of the ones that, like, caught my eye at first. I'm like, Off-White, or the one that says, like, blue but it's a red black round like it's from a, like an art review like it's like oh I see what you're doing here
0: Yeah, Yet he started he, uh before Off-White he started a company called Pyrex, Pyrex which was basically Off-White just under a different name
1: got and
0: it. he got sued by the glassware company Pyrex. I was, about to say, I was
1: like, wait, Pyrex is the glassware. So he,
0: that's where he created. That's when like he stopped and he made Off light, But he was involved with hell of shit. He was involved with Hood by Air. I don't know if you remember, like ASAP Rocky, and like the whole ASAP Mob used to wear like HBA, or they used yeah, to mention yeah. that Hood by Air. That was like something that he was involved in. His career is like so long, and yeah. when you think about it, and it's like how long? How recently have we really gotten to know his name for real? right but he was like i feel like
1: the ones that are like really into like the fashion industry and stuff yeah kind of knew, knew knew what he was about like for example um the dude that makes uh essentials uh, jerry lorenzo mm-hmm. like he was like heavily inspired by him
0: yeah you know i see a, i've been seeing like a lot of pictures of uh him and kanye and like Kanye him and kanye have been like best friends forever Mm-hmm. like for hell long and I'm like mm-hmm. heard about this and I'm like seeing some picture I've never seen before Um, I feel like you know through his career like he's had some, some controversy or people have felt some type of ways about him and the things mm-hmm. that he does but I think there's like a consumer way of thinking that we'll never understand like from mm-hmm. the opposite side
2: mm-hmm. but I
0: feel the same I think as like a designer and things that he accomplished like while being a black man i think is speaks bigger than anything else like he everybody literally like credits him to saving louis vuitton's whole men's side of their business like had they not had virgil who knows where they would be
2: Mm -hmm.
0: so i I think think he he, i think he showed a lot of people that like you can do whatever you want. You can think outside of any normal box and
1: mm-hmm. especially at that that high level of fashion. Yeah. When you did your thing.
0: And you can be the trendsetter. I think I think low with Virgil, and I hope that all black people, black designers know like, y'all are the like the pop culture is black culture.
1: It always it's just always repackaged. Is like where like, exactly. well, they
0: attempted to repackage it, but it's really exactly. not. So I'm like Really, we drive the whole shit. Like whatever we think is cool will be cool at the end of the day.
1: Exactly.
0: And, except always, just, they just—they just like good. to flip it. They just like to flip shit and make it be like we did it. Like how yeah. everybody like the white. Everybody likes to wear dirty Air Force Ones. Nah, that y'all <laughs> know that's not right. Y'all just want to rock Air Force Ones. So exactly. We rock Air Force Ones, but y'all just think it's cool to rock them dirty.
1: No, the, the one that killed me was I forget which. Um... <clears throat> store clothing band was but they had the nerve to try to sell these sweatpants with the boxer brims on like in the inside oh of i know what you're talking
0: saying. about i know what you're talking about so it looks like you're like sagging when you're wearing yeah. regular jeans
1: yeah i was
0: like yeah that was, I was like
1: so but remember when they was giving dudes tickets for that me- like don't don't play me don't i play remember games. i was
0: around at that time i was when me. i was in seventh grade I remember that my school had told us they said try avoid try to avoid walking in groups of larger than three while wearing black hoodies, blue jeans, and white sneakers. I said, Bitch, that's an everyday fit. First of all. <laughs> that's the fit for everybody. Like,
1: <laughs> like try try not walking around in groups of three it's like, okay, so what you insinuating?
0: Don't hang around with something that can be classified as a gang. A gang of nickers. That's what they wanted
2: to say. <laughs>
1: Man, yeah, I have my thoughts on that, especially now that I work out of school, like I would be that counselor to be like, um, no, this is what we're not going to do, mm. you Nope, know, you know, the area you're in, you know, the kids out of here, we are not about to classify them like that. Yeah. Like.
0: Well, let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of OK Bet the Podcast with your host Meechie, aka Meechie the Podcaster, aka Meechie on the mic, aka Big Meech, aka you from the town. Um, aka Big Papa, uh, and only one person has called me that for a long time. I've been calling myself AKA Big Papa, and nobody's ever called me that. I don't know why I keep on saying it. It's not really a nickname of mine. Um, but regardless, I have with me today, uh, I, man, your titles now: counselor, soon to be master degree holder, soon to be wife, currently fiance. Uh, my beautiful aunt, um, CEO, mm-hmm. business starter, like entrepreneur, founder. I don't know what else to put on it.
2: Man, post- but we gotta,
0: pu- there we go. We got to put all the titles, but give it up for my aunt Leah, soon to be Mrs. Leah Cash. So messy. Applause will be inserted later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really happy that you decided to come on. Thank you for being a guest on this.
2: Of course.
0: Um, but yeah, I mean, you have it on your shirt, and that's really what I'm trying to get into. And hear what you're talking about, you have a new business uh, called Sweat and Thrive LLC.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm trying to hear about this. I'm trying to hear about like where this idea came from and what inspired you to do this.
1: Man. Sh- short story, medium story, or long story?
0: I mean, we got all the time you we that you got, so
1: <laughs>
0: whatever story
1: all right i'm gonna kind of start high school okay sweat and thrive is nowhere in my brain in high school but this is one of the things that kind of like started that idea of it but anyways high school long story short i played in uh what you call it played varsity all Mm. four years of high school sophomore year in the middle of me really like turning shit up After being like contacted, I think it was um, I got contacted actually by a university because they wanted to follow me from my sophomore year all the way to my senior year, Mm -hmm. right? Sophomore year, winter season, or the the beginning of the season, tear my ACL completely, Mm. and I was devastated because in that. Part of my life in particular, ball was life, right?
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: was like, oh, I'm going to college to play basketball. I want to be the first woman in the NBA. Like, I'm still thinking these things. I was looking at Candace Parker and Skylar Diggins in high school. Like, I'm like, I'm going to play against them one day. Yeah. Turn my ACL. I'm out for the whole season. Come back junior year, like, I'm used to averaging, like, I don't know, 14, 15 points a game. There was only one game I scored 10 points. Every All the other times I was, like, you know – four points here, two points here. Mm -hmm. And it really messed with me because, like, I couldn't jump as high as I wanted to. I couldn't explode like I'm used to. I couldn't cut like I used to. And I was just like, man, like, I was depressed. I was legit depressed. And so senior year, I was like, I'm about to leave it all on the floor. I don't care. Like, we coming back, you know. So senior year, I think I ended up with, like, first team all league, second team all county. I think honorable mention for CIF or second team all CIF, something like that um mvp played in the all-star game and everybody was like oh you're gonna go to college and play basketball and i thought about it and i was like man if i tear my acl again or something like that like what am i gonna do like i don't know what i would do right Right. so um after thinking about it for some time i was like i actually want to just be a student for once like I I'm mean, I love the game and everything I was like but I don't I literally don't know what I want to do mm-hmm, I just know mm-hmm. I want to go to college I want to hoop in college but like I don't have a plan as far as like a career because growing up I used to want to be a vet I used to want to be a scientist but none of those everything things, yeah you know and I actually had like a legit like interest in those things but it never really got nurtured because sports took over everything yeah at the time and I love sports too so I wasn't really thinking about it but I didn't realize like how crucial it would have been had I had like some guidance into like having a plan. So, um, I went to a counselor one day at my school and I said, Hey, if I decided that I didn't want to play basketball in college, um, how do I go about figuring out what I want to do in life? Like as far as a career. And she said, (laughs) she was like, well, why do you need to worry about that? You're so good in basketball. You can just get a scholarship and go to college. Mm. And so, thinking back on it now, I'm like, "Lady, that is not what I asked you." Right. And then, you know, me being a counselor now, I would never tell a kid, "Oh, don't even worry about it." Like that is not the job of the counselor. Right. So at the time, I kind of brushed it off and I didn't even like press the issue with it. And I was just kind of like, "Oh, okay, well, maybe." I mean, if she says I'm, I should just stick with basketball. I should. But either way, I decided um, I was on the I was on the phone with a coach that was looking to recruit me, and. He was telling me everything I wanted to hear as far as, like, what they would do for school and the team and blah, blah, blah. And I just didn't feel – it just wasn't in me. And I was like, man, I'm about to disappoint a lot of people, but I'm not going to hoop in college. Yeah. And because, like, for one, I saw the politics, and two, once again, I didn't have a plan. And if I did what I did in high school, tore my ACL, and I was injury-prone, like, how valuable would I actually be? Right. right. So I was like, I need to have a backup plan. Still, never made one. Go to um, I go to San Jose State, and everybody, I keep running into people, and they ask, "You play on the team? You play on the team?" And I'm starting to get like, kind of like anxious and depressed because I'm like, man, like I am here in college, but like I'm not doing the other half, and um, I struggle trying to navigate my way through college without basketball because yeah I, I literally chose a major on the fly just to get my application in in time and it was nursing and i was like once i got into actual school i was like i don't want to be a nurse i just chose it just so i could find a major to send in my application but i didn't have a plan yeah so um changed my major like three times ended up graduating with a major in psychology and ended up like working at a school a couple years later and working with um I worked out a non-public school for, like, the kids that were in, like, the foster system and getting kicked out of high school and had to make it up there. Talking to those kids, like, it put me on the path of being a counselor. Hmm. And I was like, man, I wish I had somebody that kept it real with me, like, the way I'm doing with them, because I see how they're receiving it, but I know I would have received it that way as well.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, even though I did get my degree and stuff, it was kind of unplanned, because I think... I was just so stuck in the loop of I have to play basketball, or basketball is going to be my way into this, and I didn't have a plan as far as my academic. So, um, fast forward to last year, pandemic, and I was sitting outside one day, and I was thinking, I was like, man, I don't, I know I had a rough time when I was hooping in high school after I tore my ACL, but like, what are these student athletes doing now that this pandemic is here? Like, they can't play. Obviously, I mean, I'm sure we can't practice around people. Like, how are they keeping up their skills? Like, what are they going through? What's what's going on with the seniors that were riding on this year to go to college?
2: Man,
1: you know. So those, yeah. So I was like, well, what? What are I wonder what type of plans they have? Like, what if basketball doesn't get them to where they want to go? Now that this is here, like, I wonder if they're you know, exploring other options or if somebody's asking to explore other options and stuff. Or are they taking the time to explore options now that this time is here? So it's crazy. Like the name popped up in my head, like Sweat and Thrive. I was like, oh, this kind of makes sense. And I built everything around the name. Word. About it. So, um, yeah. So now it's a educational and career guidance program for high school student athletes. Basically, to um, encourage them to find themselves outside of the label of being an athlete, yeah. but also encouraging them to, you know, do their thing in their sport, but also encourage them to find out who they are outside of that and also make a plan for that as well.
2: Yeah.
1: I feel
0: like I could have used this, to be honest. <laughs> I was definitely, like, going into high school, I was definitely on the sports. I was definitely hooping. Ball is life, right? And then sophomore year, I started playing football, and mm-hmm. I ran track.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I started doing all these things. But all of it, to me, was for the benefit of basketball. I played football because it was the one part of the school year where there was, like, no hooping. <laughs> right. There was no travel hoop, no high school hoop. And I was just like, I'm I'm kind of lazy. If you're not giving me something structured to do, I wasn't right. really going to work out. And I was all like, I hate getting back into shape. Yeah. So I was like, let me go play football. I'm going to stay in shape. It's a different kind of shape, but it's like mm-hmm. in athletic shape. <laughs>
2: exactly.
1: Um, That's really
0: but then my junior year, when I did that, I got hurt. I
2: mm-hmm. got hit
0: in the back playing football. And I played yeah, my yeah. whole football season on a hurt back. I played my whole high school basketball season on a hurt back. And I played my whole summer season on a hurt back.
1: Mm-hmm. By the time
0: I got to my senior year, bro, I, I wasn't doing nothing physical. I've been had. I've been had. Yeah, I've been had. Quit football. I'm like, I'm not. I didn't even fool football my senior year. I was like, y'all. Can, I told my coaches, I was like, y'all could eat my ass from the front. Like, I don't care, bro. It's just for the birds, bro. I love the teammates. Like, my teammates was so cool with the coaches. How if I'm the, if you could take me as the person I am now and put me back in high school, I'd probably put my hands on my coaches, bro. We would have to. Fight. My coaches were terrible.
2: Oh, that was so Terrible.
0: Weird. Um, so yeah, I didn't even play my. I didn't play my senior basketball season.
2: Yeah,
0: I became like an honorary coach for like every sports team. I was like the girls volleyball coach. I was the <laughs> was girls. Out there. I was the girls. Cheer- I just wanted to be involved <laughs> in everything. So I was the girls cheerleading coach. I swear to God, I was the assistant. no, no jersey, just
1: vibes. Yeah,
0: just I'm just out here. <laughs> hella energy, hella encouragement. You know what I'm saying. I was oh, the, I was an assistant coach for women's soccer. No, nothing about soccer. <laughs> I don't know nothing. It's just two of my you friends. Right. I was literally, I was my senior year. I tu- right. My senior year, I turned up on a whole different vibe. Like I was like, no sports. <laughs> I'm going to do everything else. I joined hella clubs. I started showing up oh. to hella sporting events. I was like, who, you know, is going to a cross country run me. <laughs> right. Let's go. Run farther and faster. Like, I don't know. I was showing up to swim meets. <laughs> I
2: was like, if
0: my friend do any sport, I'm going to be there. I'm showing up. Like, if you're not going to have somebody, I'm Demetri going to show up. Because I had nothing but time.
1: <laughs> Varsity supporter out here.
0: But then, with that being said, I had kind of like
1: – my one
0: bad year of high school was sophomore year. And then my senior year, like, going in my senior year, I was like, I'm going to remake my kind of bad grades. Mm-hmm. I'm a hoop. I'm a try to. I was shooting for like D2. I was like, maybe I can get hooked up with a D2. And then, like, that's what I'm thinking going into my senior year. By the time I'm like, I'm over it, I picked up hell mm-hmm. of shit. My grades were still cool. I didn't make up my old grades. So I didn't even really bother with college. And I think, low key, I think I could have applied and still got in somewhere, to be honest.
2: Yeah.
0: I graduated with a 3.3 overall. Like, I wasn't terrible. Yeah, I just had like literally like two or three bad grades, and I just felt like my senior year was rough. I I really felt like I there was a mm-hmm. lot of going on,
1: and mm-hmm. my support
0: wasn't as high as maybe I needed it. But I think what you're doing is great. I think there's like a lot of value in what you're giving.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I I definitely yeah. want to make sure that like you know giving like your experience and, like, my experience that, like, the student athletes, high school student athletes have the tools and the knowledge to, like, thrive in whichever path that they decide to create for themselves, whether or not they decide to be athletes or not going yeah. into college. The problem is, is that so many of them going into college don't know, like, how that goes, <laughs> in the sense, you know? Yeah. They say, oh say, I'm here to play basketball or whatever, and then but academics still matters or else you're going to be redshirted, or you're going to be academically ineligible. There's all types of stuff. Like, yeah. if school wasn't your thing in high school, don't think it's not going to be your thing in college. Right. At the end of the day.
0: I remember, too, going into my... When I went to community college, they tried to get me to play basketball in community college. Mm-hmm. That's when I really knew I wasn't trying to hoop. <laughs> not like that. Like, I wasn't trying to hoop in, like, no competitive way for real like that. Yeah. Because I, I was like... The coach who, like, quote-unquote recruited me,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: you know, junior college or whatever, I was just outside across the street, like, just hooping. I still casually hoop.
1: Right. I think he saw me at
0: a park. Like, I was just, like, hooping at the park. Right. Hooping. He was like, you should come play. I was like,
1: "Mm."
0: sure. I would think of what I was going on. I think my my emotions or probably my energy about it was I didn't play my senior year. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, I had been taken – I was away from the game, so I think I wanted to, but – it made me realize, though, I had developed different passions mm-hmm. outside mm-hmm. of basketball that I was like, I'm not trying to compete competitively. I also was never fully healed. Right. <laughs> so I was still feeling residual pains. But, yeah, yep. I think there. I don't it's, – it's funny that I feel like as a high school student, you feel against all odds that this is the thing for you, like playing sports. Mm-hmm. But, like, there would be so many people – specifically, like, staff members and other adults that be like, you got to figure something out or this is not going to be it. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it's funny that contradiction. It's funny that, like, we believe so much that this is our path there and some people don't. Mm-hmm. And then where we end up, I think it's, like, um, it's just interesting to see. It's interesting mm-hmm. that you would say, like, this is not your path, but then don't offer more alternatives. <laughs>
1: exactly. Like you know, and and the thing is, is like all right. You looked at like statistics, um, like out of what around eight million high school student athletes in the world, only seven percent even make it college-wise. That's just college in general. Yeah. From that seven percent of the ones that do make it at college, less than one percent or close to two percent make it D one. You know, everybody want to go D one. Yeah. Two percent of y'all going D one, and then you go to the pros, and close to one percent or close to 2%, make it pro. So where does that leave the other 98% in both of those categories? Right. Like, even with college, right? Like, they tell you, like, I think the NCAA slogan is like, oh, we have over 400,000 student athletes and most of us will go pro in something other than sports. Okay, so what are you doing to prepare those most of us will go pro in something other than sports? What are you doing to prepare them to go pro in something other than sports then? Yeah. And the thing is, is like, With my business, I want to give them that knowledge before they go into college. Like, it may go over a lot of their heads or whatever because they may think like, oh, like, I have all this time, which is cool, but at least you'll have something to look back on and be like, oh, wait, I did get put on game about this. Mm -hmm. Now it's in my face. I know what to do with it versus like, it's in my face. I've never seen this before, and I don't know what decision to make. Yeah. Now that the time is here, so...
0: Okay, well, here's an, a question, because speaking on, like, high school sports and stuff, and we mm-hmm. both are big fans of basketball,
2: mm-hmm.
0: how do you feel about some potential rule changes in a current thing, so how do you feel about, one, um, high school kids going straight out of high school to, like, the G League, so basically, mm-hmm. I say semi-pro,
2: essentially, right. Yeah. I
0: think is what it is. Like, you're a semi-pro. You're not, like, NBA pro, but you're definitely getting paid to do something. But it's not the right. highest level. Right. So, I guess, how do you feel about that? And other leagues, there's, like, the overtime league. There's a few of them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then the potential of high school kids going straight out of high school to the NBA.
1: So, well, all right, for the G League one, right? Right. Um, I think it's cool that they have like the opportunity to like get that experience and Mm -hmm. stuff. Like they have a lot of developing to do (laughs) now. uh, I feel like, and that's a cool experience. They're getting paid for it and everything like that. Um, I guess my concern is just the fact that like, once again, right. You can get hurt at some point, like in any sport, but like, that's all good, but what are you going to do? after Mm -hmm. or like what if you know i don't know what the necessarily what the g league rules are as far as like i actually i didn't even know that uh i should but i didn't know that until you just brought that up Mm -hmm. i think it's interesting though because remember they had changed the rules from kids being able to go straight from high school straight to the league right because you have to do at least what one or two years of college it's a one and done you gotta do one year of college or right. they
0: say this, not even one year college, the real rule to be draft eligible is mm-hmm. one year removed from your graduating high school right. class.
2: That's right. Is the right. rule,
0: but you, in a traditional sense, you gotta keep playing basketball so you do one right. year at college. Right, uh,
1: I have so many thoughts on this. Well, let me tell you that, this, I could
0: bring it up. I'm pretty sure that they also are paying for people schooling if they would like to attend school.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the G League so they're like if you want to go to school they'll pay for all your school when you say they get hurt it is guaranteed money so to that fact like right. you did get some bread to like yeah, take care yourself in some sort of way
1: right? I'm, and that's the thing like I'm definitely with that at least they're getting guaranteed bread like <laughs> you know definitely definitely get that guaranteed bread if that's the case and also too I'm also all for like them pursuing their passions, right? Like if Mm. basketball is really your thing, do your thing and be great at it. Yeah. (laughs) Do your thing and be great at it. For sure. You know,
0: and then there's the other one. So like with this being said, now it's not just being high school seniors though. So now it's not, or now it's not high school graduates. Mm
2: -hmm. Now
0: some kids are leaving high school altogether Mm-hmm. Like one kid got signed to the overtime elite team, which is like another semi-pro team specifically for right. high school kids.
1: Yeah, I heard about that.
0: And he signed at 16 years old. So he forgo his junior and senior season of high school basketball to play on this team. And he's getting paid, they said, somewhere close to like a million dollars over the course of two years.
1: So you know what that makes me think is that, um, you know, overseas – you can be pro at, like, 16, 15, 16 because their rules out there are different. Like, I have a homegirl right now that's playing overseas, and she's the oldest on the team, like, I think, 28 or 27. Mm -hmm. And her teammates are, like, 15 or 16, and they're they're able to play, like, pro or semi-pro out there. So I'm wondering if they're trying to build something to where it's competitive in that sense.
0: Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I've had an idea about this, about, like, this whole... Because I'm in the same – I feel like, listen, 17 years old, 18 years old, and you have the option to go to the league or the, go to college or whatever it is. Like you, That's all a personal choice. Everybody's going to have their own emotions and feelings about
1: yeah, it. Yeah, It's cool for everybody.
0: I feel like it should be set up. I think there's just, you, we have to set it up, and I think my whole thing, if I look at it, it's kind of like a real big reconstruction. But mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to you really the basic breakdown of what I was thinking. I think we should have the NBA. Obviously, mm-hmm. I think the G League should really become a natural, like a real independent, like junior league. Yeah, and I think that these other independent leagues should get support from the NBA. Like they should become NBA affiliate leagues to like give right. them the accreditation, which I think would give them more of their funding. Sponsorship right. so without NBA saying, like, I'm gonna give you some bread, just say, like, the NBA is like, we recognize these leagues now. This right. is my thing, here's my idea. I think that, um, so for high school kids, I feel like the, the these high school leagues should only be set up for kids in high school. I think if you have a true high yeah. school league, I think it should be set up for me personally. I think it should be between 16 and 18, and I feel it should only be your right. last two years. So I feel like, and this is my thing, I said there should be three leagues, three independent high school leagues that operate, you know, whatever, how many teams they mm-hmm. want to operate. And I think they should work like European soccer where they have mm-hmm. relegation so right. that you keep competitions level e- like even on each one. And I think that the team should only be by invite only, so you're not losing kids to high school f- basketball or whatever sport by right. wanting to go. It should right. be like you've been recognized as elite, quote unquote. Right. We're offering you invitation. You don't even have to right. accept it, but like we're offering you this invitation to come play in our league. And then right. you know there needs to be some setup that you're still a high, you're still under eighteen. You need to be required to do whatever schooling you need to do to still right. get a diploma. Like I think getting a high school diploma. Needs to come with this and needs to be a part of it. I think they still need to yeah. maintain GPA averages, but I feel like those three independent high school leagues should like relegate. So like, if there's a team, you know, an A tier, B tier, C tier, y'all gotta mm-hmm. you gotta keep winning, right, to stay at the top. So there's like that encouragement of competition, and then that keeps high school competition the same because, like you said, exactly. out of eight million kids that are in high school playing whatever sport, and let's say that there's only 30 teams split between these three leagues, so let's say 10 teams each,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you have 15 people, you're getting like 300, 400 kids like that, something right. like that. So that's a very small number, but it leaves the competition still great in, in the other regular school aspect. Exactly. On top of that, going forward, I think the, the G League does have its own draft now. Like They're moving the G League into a way to be its own. Mm-hmm. but. hmm I feel that if you decide to go to college I think you should do two years of college
2: I agree I feel I like mean, all the options should be open have, but I feel like if yes, you do.
0: yeah if you go into college I think you need to do a minimum two years of college and I think there's like things that go into that I think minimum your minimum of two years of college if you're choosing to go to the league like that's your path yeah um, I think it's mandatory that throughout your entire schooling, like, financial, like, literature is taught to you. Oh,
1: yeah. I was about to say. Like, your counselor
0: of... cannot, you yeah. cannot get out of this. To be, a play, yeah. I think, to play any sport, male or female, financial literature, like, illiteracy, should be a part of, like, your curriculum of, like, the potential of coming into large sums of money.
1: That's literally what I was going to bring up
0: um and that's really i think like my whole thing about it i you know and i think it creates a a system of like there's so many levels of competition from Mm -hmm. ranging from the semi-pro to pro Mm
2: -hmm.
0: that is like options for everybody and it's options for that kid who may be 16 and he's good enough to change his family's life right then and there like go crazy like the options there for you
2: right Um,
0: but i think it needs to also you need to, within that, encourage the fact that there's a very grassroots system available to everybody mm-hmm. without the fact of thinking, like, I got to be NBA ready at 15 to play. Like, nah, right. like, there's still, still great competition still, out here.
1: Still developing,
0: <laughs> you know. So, yeah, that's my whole thing.
1: <laughs> no, I agree. I agree with you. Like, I was definitely thinking along the lines of that as well, because at the end of the day, too, like, there's there definitely should be that system, because at the end of the day too getting an education is still important like you know looking later down the line or whatever like yeah you may make it to the nba g league all that other type of stuff um what's his name ah i have him somewhere in my program but brother had marfan syndrome Mm -hmm. he was um i think i can't remember his name but um, found out like the day, like four days before the draft. He played in college. He was dope. He was super tall. Four days before the draft, he found out he couldn't play in the league because he had this um, this uh, medical disease called Marfan syndrome, mm-hmm. and it causes, I guess, like <clears throat> ligaments or like um, things that attach. Like, and appa- apparently, it was affecting his heart the most. Interesting. And the NBA- the NBA still didn't clear him. He ended up playing overseas for a bit, but he actually just got picked up by the NBA to be, like, in their front office or something like that. So I
0: remember – man, I remember there was that one dude from Baylor that one year, and I
1: think he had an issue with his eyes.
0: With his eye.
1: Yeah, that was him. That's yeah. What I'm yeah, about. Okay, yeah but, like, and, and that's the thing. Like, not everybody's ever going to really have, like, situations like that drastic, but it's more of the fact that, like, still – there's still kids, like, still encourage them – to, you know, get their education, still encourage them to finish, like, some type of schooling. Mm -mm. Definitely have, if you are going to put them in leagues where they're, like, 15, 16 with large lump sums of money, especially in the age of social media, everybody want to floss, right? Nah, you need a financial literacy class so you know how to manage this money or how to talk to somebody that can help you manage this money.
2: Yeah,
1: I think. And and what I don't, what I wouldn't want is that, like, Still, let them be kids. That's my thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, stop trying to, you know, create like cool. It's dope and everything, but let them grow up the way they need to grow up. Like, stop trying to fast forward this progress in the form of like, hey, you can be pro like 16. That mm-hmm. sounds cool. Like, that sounds dope as heck. Like, somebody was told me that at 16, I'd be like, yeah, but then you're not, you're not going through the steps. Yeah, of life the way that you should. You know, I
0: think. I think alongside that, I think there's like a psychological aspect that people need to watch out for. Yeah, you're your brain like,
1: doesn't
0: even. The, yeah. yeah, like you're a child, like, and you're asking you're, you're children to, child. to make moves like adults in a exactly. way. And I think, you know, okay, I'll say this as my example. Everybody hated. Everybody hates LeBron. Not everybody. There's some people who hate LeBron because. He's, like, this superstar, and he, like, however their perception is, he he thinks he's this, he's, he calls himself the king, whatever mm-hmm. this is. And I always say, it's not his fault. Mm-hmm. Y'all made him like this.
2: Y'all, y'all
0: birthed this LeBron. Like, y'all told I say this, if you told me 16, 15, 17 years old, a child, you know what I'm saying? That I was going to be the best ever. You put me on covers of Sports Illustrated. You, my games are on national TV. Right. About, like, what the what fuck? Did
1: you, what did you think was going to I'm happen? the man. Like, you can't tell me shit. Yeah.
0: You can't tell me what's nothing. you like, in
1: the 2000s? Come on,
0: man. And then now it's just worse. Like, now it's social media. Now you have a 15-year-old kid with 4.4 million followers. Like, that's 8 million eyeballs, essentially, mm-hmm. watching everything you do. And then for children these days, like not me and you, yeah, less for you than it is even for me. Like I would say, I grew up as as the internet literally grew. Really, like I I,
1: I was I was born in ninety five,
0: and you were born a little bit before me, and we probably we really were seeing as we grew.
1: All things changed. The
0: internet was growing. We were like simultaneously growing up with the internet because we went from having fucking aim on our sidekicks. What? And, and to now, there's the metaverse. I remember, like, I remember when we just had a MySpace top eight.
1: <laughs>
0: now we got a now we got a close friends full of a thousand people. How yeah. do you have a thousand close friends?
1: That's what I'm saying. Bring back the MySpace times. Like, I, I mean, feel like was...
0: MySpace top eight right now would cause fights. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right.
0: Not that it wasn't but, then, but it, why, you,
1: why you hiding your top
0: eight? But what? not that it didn't cause fights then, but them like petty fights back then. But like right. for, now, it'd be like yeah, some serious. It means now I knew something. And that's the thing, so it's like there's a psychological effect that I think
2: oh, nobody definitely. has
0: spoken about. And how do you how do you retain the kid's innocence? To a certain extent, that kid may be kind of giving up his innocence in a way, or his or her's innocence. So aside from how to retain the kid keeping his kidliness or their kidliness, it's like how do you prepare them for this? in their current stage, because it's going to change as they get older.
1: Honestly, I feel like, and that's the thing too, like, you know, everybody, I don't have any kids yet. And I keeps jumping on me. Um, Everybody, I, I don't have any kids yet, but also too, like what people have to realize is that like the kids aren't just out here making these decisions. Like there's parenting that still has to be involved. And I know it's a whole nother generation of parents versus like, the age, of, the age and the generation of, like, your mom, like, now everybody's parents are, like, maybe, like, 10 years older than me. Like, one of the kids I just saw today, um, one of my students that um, came into my office today, like, he was like, yeah, my dad still plays. He plays Call of Duty. I was like, oh, for real? How old's your dad? He was like, oh, like, 40. And I was like, dang, he's legit. Like, he's an 80s baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's, like, it's the 80s babies now that have kids that are in high school that I'm counseling. And it's just, like, but they're... I don't know. It's very interesting. Yeah. I, it's like the shift that's happening in everything. And I feel like um, to retain their innocence, like parents got to get back to like setting some boundaries, I feel like. And I feel like, you know, you bringing the stuff up with the G League and all that type of stuff, too. Parents got to set boundaries. You know, like, yeah, it's exciting to hear that and everything like that. But don't be like, man, my man, my son's going to be making six mil, like 16. Yeah, that's the opportunity because, like, it's putting him in a position mm-hmm. that you never experienced, nobody in your family ever experienced. But at the same time, like, how do you want them to grow up as a person? Yeah. Because you're exposing them to all these things. I'm not saying, like, social media already does a lot. Honestly, social media, I feel like for the youth generation of kids, has caused something psychological that cannot be undone because this is all they know.
0: Listen, like I'm they, the same they way. Didn't
1: get the, they didn't get to experience... Like, we know the difference. We know how to how, how to hop in and out and navigate all that type of stuff because we saw it come. Yeah. They were eating this shit. Yeah. So that, this is real life. So when they see people flossing on Instagram and stuff like that, shoot, give a kid $6 that's, million. Dollars, that's 20, the Jesus, thing. God, I feel
0: like the internet is it for these kids
1: yeah no, it
0: is. the internet is it and there's like a mix of it there's a there's a lot of things it's like our society and what the what the greater society wants to show you is their values not saying what they value but what they're selling as values
2: mm-hmm. in terms
0: of just like what's in the world what like what literally the commercials they show you like How they sell you shit. That's all. Your that's shows you the country's values as it is, which is impacting the kids. They really think the internet is their actual life.
1: We are in a black mirror episode. That's why they making the season.
0: And I always say, man, it's something about it's something about. I feel like I always say, man, the '95 was like the real last '90 babies. Like we was, was I say '95 was really the cutoff of some shit. Like we was able to get the shit that was before us that. Mm-hmm. maybe I'm gonna really say the real real cutoff is 97 like after that you're literally for a whole new generation but it depends on who you came up with you know what I'm saying Yeah, I know, think it on depends you. on who you came up with because like I be telling motherfuckers like look like my mom is savvy and, and like you know but my mom is yeah. like my mom grew up at a certain time so there's a certain value she right. had like I was you know I'd be surprised at how many motherfuckers just don't do chores like <laughs> What? What? <laughs> what?
2: What's as, that? As
0: soon as I was able to see over the counter, scrubbing them, <laughs> scrubbing them things. You feel me? And I feel like y'all. Right. I feel like I learned what we learn. I think the biggest thing we learn that yeah. they don't realize is patience. Mm-hmm. Everything took time. You can yeah. you can text somebody and see when they read that shit. I right. remember having to write something right. and lift that motherfucker clothes, right. get a stamp, and walk down the street to the blue mailbox. And then wait another two weeks.
1: <laughs> but see, like instant gratification has ruined so much, right? Like, once again, going back to like social media, like and dating, like we were talking about earlier. Like yeah. back then, like, okay, you listen to like nineties R and B. Me and Camp were talking about that the other day, like, man, they really don't make music like this no more. Like, what's what inspired them so much? It's because back then you could see somebody and be like, That's love my life, I may never see them again. And now you wrote a whole song about a five second exchange, and now yeah. like, "Oh, I saw him." Hey, Twitter, do your thing. Find my. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the instant gratification. That's how it's nothing, true. There's nothing to the imagination anymore in that sense. And going back to like these kids, like. Growing up when we was watching, you know, NBA back then, it's like, bro, we had so much time to dream. We didn't know the steps it took to get there. We just knew we wanted to get there. Yeah. Now you can go on the phone and follow any player in the world and see like their whole life outside and all, all like, oh shoot, well, now that I have access to this, I know how to do this earlier to get to where they are earlier. Like there's no more like patience, yeah. like you said. I
0: think that's I think that's gonna be a big thing that why like, that's the long term effect that I think we'll see on people.
1: Oh, yeah. But um, there's definitely, and, I, I, and I say that because of me counseling high school students now. There's going to be a cohort, specifically the students that are ninth graders right now who were seventh graders in the pandemic and basically missed a whole year of eighth grade that was supposed to prepare you for high school. There's going to be a cohort of kids that there's going to be something that comes out in them within the next five to 10 years in their yeah. development that's going to pinpoint their cohort specifically?
0: Oh, man. I-, I couldn't even call what it is. I feel like the youth, man, I don't know. Raina has a little sister who is 18, so she's, mm-hmm. like, the closest youth that's, like, in my current life. And
2: mm-hmm.
0: I feel like she's 18. Like, there's definitely a point where it's, like, you're uh, definitely an 18-year-old kid. And you're dealing mm-hmm. with regular shit, and luckily for her, she's not too tied into the internet. I think because mm-hmm. like we keep people like me, like her sister and me, right now, like we keep her right. grounded to like what's real life. And I really be yeah. trying to say like, look, I'm gonna tell okay. you what people told me. Like I okay. told, I said, I said, Faith, I'm gonna tell you right now, hundred percent. I'm gonna tell you this, and I know you are not, you not, you gonna listen to me in this moment, but you're not listening to me.
2: Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm.
0: remember it so you can listen to me later, because I, I said, Faith, I'm going to tell you, I'm not too much older than you. I'm literally, I just got past this shit. Like, you think 18 is 18, it's a significant age, but that whole period is like a long period. 18 right. to 22 is a fucking blur. It's all the same.
1: Yeah, no, for real.
0: It's all, it's all the same. You're doing the same right. shit, just, you now can put liquor in it at some point. Like, yeah. but it's all the same, and I'm like, I'm telling you, you're not going to listen now. I hope you listen when you're ready to listen. Like, it's going to hit you. Right. And I think me and Faith are the same. I, I had to go through a lot of shit for me to understand. I think they're the same way.
1: But... Mm-hmm. um, No, you're right. You're for sure right about that. And that's, like, one of the, the, the purposes of my business as well. Because a lot of the things that I am going to talk about may go over their head. Because they're 18 and now this whole... G. Lee, you can go in high school type of thing. they are like, man, I ain't trying to hear none of that. Like, I'm trying to go get paid, blah, blah, blah. That's cool. Yeah. But you're going to look back and pick up some gems from this and realize how you can apply it.
0: I feel like you got to ask him. I feel like there's a way to frame this question mm-hmm. that you can find out maybe what their passion. I feel like for me, I found out after, like, what my passion was, was art. was art, like, artistically. I have a mm-hmm. high passion. And I did art throughout my entire life and like
2: right. nobody had
0: picked up on the fact that like you like to do this or is this fun for you mm-hmm. i remember my whole my, my art teacher from elementary school her name was miss neely i remember her to this day this white lady she had a low cut red hair she wore black glasses you know what i'm saying And she was tight as fuck and i saw her two times a week every day for five years and I ha- my mom still has art that i made from that class to this day
1: right.
0: <laughs> but i feel like ask these ask these young men these young women these young children, all right, your goal is to get to the league, right? Mm-hmm. You have a chance to make all this money.
2: Mm-hmm. What do you
0: want to do with all this money? They're going to mm-hmm. say, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy that. I'm going to buy this. But out of something that they buy, I feel like you might find something they might be interested in.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, if you're all this money, you're making all this money, what is your passion? Like What you want to put some money into that's going to make you even happier than just making money and playing basketball? Right.
1: Because I'm like, had you
0: told me that, like, had you told me, like, I'm 16, 17, I definitely would have said something, like, around being creative. Yeah. I would have been like, oh, I want to get a camera. I'm trying to get, like, a DJ set. Like, I would have definitely ended somewhere creative. And it's like, okay, cool. From everything you said, you have a passion around this that you have not fully explored.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. It's just like, and that's where I feel like, too, like, when you have an eye or if you're able to be somebody that can catch, like, oh, I see the things that you're interested in. If you have money, you will buy this, this, and this. If there's, there's such an importance in, like, nurturing that. Yeah. And, you know, like, I was always into art. Like, I got all types of paintings and stuff like that. You know, like, had somebody told me that, especially back then when I was doing it every freaking day, had somebody told me, like, man, you could do a painting and sell that thing for, like, 20 grand. Mm. <laughs> you know, because you see it all the time now, right? And the thing is, is that, like, had somebody told me that, I would have put more thought into it and really try to perfect that.
0: Yeah.
1: At one point. But a lot of times when you see, like me, 14, 15 years old, 5'10", I clearly look like I hoop. The first question you get is, so, you must play basketball. Man. What if I, what if I didn't, though?
0: Yeah, I remember, you know? I remember like, I remember being 18, 19, like, after I graduated, telling people, no, I don't play basketball no more." <laughs> How
1: offended they were. Right. And that's the crazy thing. Like, and this, and I want to tell you real quick, that being the, the offended thing is what made me realize, like, damn, do people care outside of me playing? So when I, um, a parent had asked me, I think it was a teammate or somebody you should just come to the games. They're like, oh, your senior year, your, your last game of senior year. So like, you're gonna go play basketball in college, right? Like, you're gonna go play in college. And I was like, Nah, I'm like I don't think I'm gonna play in college. Actually, like, and I had just gotten to the point where I've accepted, like, damn, this is really hard to let go, but this is deep deep down inside, this is not what I'm about right now. Yeah. And they were like, you not. What do you mean you're not gonna play in college? How are you gonna get to school? And I was like, the fuck, like, I got a brain. I feel like you <laughs> all know half of getting to school is fucking grades. <laughs> Exactly. That's, that's the first and foremost, and but that made me realize, I was like, dang, so when people see me, they don't, like, associate anything about me to be, like, she might be smart, or she may be artistic, nah. or she may... You just see, like... You got a, a singular natural. identity. Right, and so that right there is something, I don't know if you've heard this term before, but it's been talked about a couple of times, called the athlete identity crisis,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so it's, like, Like, for example, like everybody associated me to be a basketball player. And when you start telling that to kids, like in whatever sport they play, like, oh, man, you're tall. You're going to be a basketball player. Oh, man, you kind of you stocky. You can be good at football. When you're feeding that into a kid, they grow up subconsciously telling themselves like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that because that's what everybody's positively reinforcing. Yeah. So then when something happens where that's no longer part of your identity, there's, I know people that have gone into depression and alcoholism as adults because that sport is no longer part of their identity and they straight up lost. Yeah. Right? And I dodged that, but I did feel it when I got to college. I felt like a part of me was missing. And every time I saw, like, the women's team walk for practice, I was like, bro, I should be there. But also, too, like, what am I doing here and everything? And mm. that's why it's important to, like, Take the time, specifically in high school, you're still young. Like, figure out some other things, too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't ball out or do whatever you do in your sport. But also know that that's not all of you. Yeah. And don't let other people trick you into thinking that that's all you have to offer to the world.
0: Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's really just letting people know, like, you're such a complex individual. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't like I, mean, I. You know, I'm not an educator. I don't work with children or youth, and it's not okay. to say that I wouldn't. I think there's a certain kind of patience. I think there's certain oh, yeah. training.
1: Oh yeah. I don't think I'm
0: fully equipped to handle everything that comes to like.
1: You just gotta be, sometimes you got to be the right person. Like training yeah. sometimes help You you just got to be a person that just got it to be in a place like
0: that. I feel like I'm good at, I feel like for me personally, if I had to work with children, I need to work with like juniors and up <laughs> personally. Cause for me, my personal experience was when I got to high school, I went to a small high school, which I think was very mm-hmm. beneficial to me.
2: Yeah.
0: Small number of students. My mom was always very involved. She gave everybody her personal numbers, her personal emails, like call me, like I'm going to be there. So, forced me to, like, you know, kind of be my best behavior. I'm mm-hmm. still, like, a class clown.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But I really got to know my teachers, and I had a lot of teachers who was, like, really there for me. I had a lot of teachers who really, right. like, told me some real shit right. and, like, kept it funky with me, and I feel like I appreciated that. Even though, you- even though I'm not going to say no names because I don't want to ruin nobody or nothing, but, like, it may, it may have been unsavory talk. Like, somebody, I might have a teacher who was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, this is <laughs> bullshit. But, like, I, okay, cool. Like, it was, I probably was laughing. I'm like, oh, you, you cussing, you a teacher? <laughs> but there's something about that that, like, I understand was real.
2: Yeah. And yeah. I'm not saying
0: I'm going to be cussing out my students.
1: <laughs> but I feel
0: like there's a certain ability to talk to maybe that person who's literally about to become an adult. Exactly. That I can just like hear me out because I'm going to talk to you in a way that is real. Because I feel like the one thing and this is not all teachers, not all educators but like it's like the whole thing in general. It's the whole fucking education system. I think it needs to be blown the fuck up and redone. I have my Um, ideas. Like I said, I'm not an educator. I feel like one of my ideas is I feel education should be very personalized, and I feel like it should be made oh, by. Straight up. I feel like education needs to be, I think we need government funding, but no government rules. <laughs> Just give us the money and let the <laughs> people who <laughs> educate, <laughs> educate, educate. You know what I'm saying? Right. I feel like
1: the word to educate is broad. There's not one way to educate. Yeah. And there's not one way to learn. Like, and I think the, the, more people start paying attention to really kids. Every kid learns different. Like you have the kinesthetic learners, you have the visual learners, you have the auditory learners. Mm-hmm. Why not do some type of assessment before high school and be like, okay, this is a class for the auditory learners. Man, this is a class of kids that learn at for visual, like every class is going to be tailored to visual. Like take the, but the thing is, they don't take the time to figure that out. And the thing is, that's what I like about being a counselor because I couldn't be no teacher. But I like being a counselor because I get to advocate for the students that I see and be like, "Hey, I really talk to this kid. You probably see six hundred kids a day and don't really care, but I do because I see him once a week. These are the things that are going to make him successful in class. Can you accommodate that?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know,
0: I feel like so. My whole thing was like, I think high school needs to do a. It's the last step forward that the whole world sees you as. You got it." <laughs> you're ready to go (laughs) like at the end they're like do it and you're like do what they're like it (laughs) like what is it all of it like all of that shit and I feel like high school needs to do a better job at preparing high school students for it like for life like Like, instead of educate you're also transitioning from one education system to another education system which is fine you know, mm-hmm. and I think I think some part of high school they think that you really get the bulk of your real life education in college. Like will experience, real life, you're on your own, and it's like this four years is not enough, bro. Y'all should have been no, like, I not. need, the, I need the this four to prepare me for this four plus more. And That's
1: the thing. If if they did what they were supposed to do, that four years could be enough if the content was quality.
0: So what my whole thing was, I felt like. Like I said, like, I don't need the government rules to give us the money. And I feel like to your point, like an assessment, I feel like what do you, and maybe it's hard for everybody to say, you know, 13, 14 years old when you're a freshman in high school. But it's like, what do you want to do? Like, what is something you can see yourself doing that's going to make you happy if you did it all the time? And I feel like build something around that because there's a certain extent, to a certain extent, we all say it. How much Mm -hmm. of this math are we taking with this? How much of this science are we taking with this? But my thing is, I feel like high school shouldn't be about like, high school shouldn't be about like, we taught you this, you passed the test, we Mm -hmm. got the money, Mm -hmm. we think you're good enough so you can go ahead. I think it should be, how do I, at the bare minimum, like you're going to be 18 at the end and 18 means you're an adult. 18 means you're ready for the said world. So with these four years, particularly these four, and not to say it shouldn't be all levels of schooling or education throughout the whole thing,
2: mm-hmm. but I'm focused
0: on high school. These four years need to be preparing you to transfer outside of this system to being, I'm able to hold, I'm not even, I don't want to say add to the fucking, you know, they say produce for the world or like you'd be a good part of the the civilization.
1: Mm-hmm. No, nah, how, how do you transition into that? How do you transition from being, you know,
0: a child to now I can I'm an adult and I kind of know what I'm doing and you have the right building blocks. There should be no reason why I don't know what taxes are. There should be no reason why I don't know how much a utility bill, like what a utility bill is. Like I think, how many yo? I work for people who like lease apartments, and you'd be surprised at how many fuckers would be like, "I gotta pay for garbage," but it's just like <laughs> little shit. It's be like it would be little shit, and you feel like we could have covered this. Could have easily been covered.
1: But see, imagine how that happens for student-athletes.
0: Right, that which is even more non-existent.
1: To, exactly, that you're used to a system that if they do be part of that 2%, it carries them into college, and then they're like, oh, yeah, you were good, but you're not good enough to go pro. Now, how do you transition into the real world? Now you four years behind because by this time, the seniors that weren't in you know, in, in in college playing sports, they know how to, how to transition to the real world because they just went a regular route. Yeah, yeah. And the flip
0: side of that is, from for the people who do make it, mm-hmm. what nobody is telling you is everybody's in your pockets before you touch your pockets. Oh yeah, you yeah, gotta pay. Way, you gotta I'm pay really your taxes. With- you gotta pay your agent fees. You gotta yeah. pay.
1: your- That's going your, through my like payment hands before it gets to your pocket, and so. nobody
0: talks about that. No, like, hey. and I feel like
1: why? We- I, I'm I'm genuinely curious about like how many actually watch their bank accounts. Like, do you read the fine print?
0: I, you know, I've just been starting to watch this show on YouTube by GQ, where they get with athletes and they talk about their first million dollars.
2: Uh And they they
0: talk about how they spent and how they saved their first million dollars. And a lot of people say, "Yo, the first thing I would tell you is, like, get a financial advisor. And, like,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: which I think is a great piece of advice. Like, at least you're seeking somebody who knows what they're doing with money if you don't know Mm -hmm. how.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. And then... I feel like you can't be mad at these people for spending their money. Like, you got money, spend it. Right. And I think you're seeing, obviously, there's trends. Like, you see people buying cars and buying jewelry and living, right. getting the finer things of life. And, But, you know, they don't really spit, talk too much about how they so, – it depends on the athlete. I don't mm-hmm. think GQ is guiding these people into what to say. They're like, right. tell us about how you saved your money, how you spent your money, and like what you did for it. I think out of all the episodes I've watched, and there's like maybe 30 of them from like many different athletes, football, basketball, baseball, mm-hmm. UFC,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I think like a soccer player. Um, I think like three people have talked about, I pay taxes. Like you got to pay taxes. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think like <laughs> three God. people have said that. Yes. And I'd be like, What's taxes? it's insane. And that's my whole yeah. thing. I feel like high school, teach me something that I want to teach so I can go add that to the world.
1: Right. Like, I want to learn how the process of, like, buying a car It's not just going up to the lot and be like, I like this one. Let me write a check. Like, yeah. there's a whole thing that comes to that. Like I just think, know. too,
0: like, in this day and age and going into 2022, everything is monetized. Like, you can make money off of anything nowadays. Like, mm-hmm. so I feel like now the opportunities are bigger because, like, had me and you been to high school and I told my counselor, like, I'm trying to be a DJ. Right. <laughs> trying to be a DJ? But, I'm like... You, I'm not saying making money as a DJ is easier today, but, like, the opportunities for things are so wide if we use right. our resources correctly, like, if you think that, think of the internet as a tool
1: and not as separate life, like... Right. But... And and that's the thing, like, you know what I think would change the culture of school is if a lot in, if for one, if it was restructured, but if a lot more people, like, 91 through 95 babies became educators because that's the one place we can reach them at the masses. Mm-hmm. But we have such a unique perspective and upbringing that where it's not like, like when I talked to my students, I was like, yeah, I'll be 30. This month. They're like, you're only 30? Because they are used to having counselors. They used to like, having
0: people like 50,
1: 60, like, you know, 65. And we've been in so many spaces that like the older ones, Maybe have just gotten to, but we've gone to earlier because of the times. And now these kids under us are getting there earlier than what we've gone to during the times. of where our our generation is in like such a unique uh, space to where we can connect them to the stuff before them and us, but we can connect them to like the right now because we've been through it too. Yeah, and like I I realize the connections that I'm making with the students that I'm with that I've only been there for a month or whatever. We talk about video games. We talk about Snapchat, social media. We talk about like the current events that's going on and like you know pop culture and stuff like that, and they can relate to me in that sense. And I know for a fact that we're doing it with the other ones. Not that they're not doing a great job, but there is a relatability. And imagine if there's a whole bunch of us in school being teachers, counselors, coaches, like we would have a turn.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know. No, the AGF app is definitely serious. I think, Um, and that's been talked and that's talked about on a lot of different things. You know, I know it's talked about in politics a lot. Like, oh man, how. I'm all for I'm all for an age cutoff. I'm here
2: for it.
1: No, nah, because in the regular world, they want you to be retired at sixty, but you can hold a spot in office till you eighty nine. Nah, and, I'm and crazy. I'm here for the whole revamping.
0: <laughs> I think. Listen, um, in political stuff. I think your cutoff need to be like fifty. <laughs> I think yeah. i push it to 55 because there's like certain right. value. There's certain knowledge and like experience you get with being older. Right. But like you're, you're connected, like how connected with you are. Cause there's always going to be that, that young group will always be the majority. Like there'll always oh, be yeah. more people between what the ages of 17 to 30 than there are yeah. from 55 to whatever. Cause y'all don't like, it's unfortunate. <laughs> but, Y'all die. So I feel like it definitely be the age gap. But with that being said, I told I say this all the time, particularly about motherfuckers who drive. After 65, yeah. like at, once you get to 65, once it's, once it's the legal time that you need to retire, I'm not gonna say give it up. I'm gonna give you this. I'm gonna give you once you turn 65, go take your driving test again. Like the whole motherfucker over. whole whole thing like you got it like i mean the written test (laughs) the behind the wheel all that you need a permit
1: (laughs) wait you can't see the written test you need to be seeing that on the road so listen my my thing
0: is i feel like every two years y'all gonna have to take this test again and once y'all fail once you're done you're
1: but with that (laughs) being
0: said i'm into taking care of also our elders more and using, like, the paratransit system is for people who are old and, or disabled and can't get around. Expand that. that, I do feel like that it should be as expansive as you need it, because I don't think your life should stop just because you can't drive no more. I'll take, listen, if I live the life where I'll take you to bingo. Like, if I got it like that, I'll take you to bingo wherever you need to. But, like, I think the systems need to be expanded, and I think the people that are helping these people need to be compensated more, because like, you doing some work that some people's own children don't want to do.
1: Exactly. <laughs> some motherfuckers
0: be driving their parents off in a home and be like, Right, like, look. You I got this shit?
1: You, you got you, I can visit you every Tuesday. You said day. pay you on the
0: first of the month? <laughs> right. Call me. If, don't call me. Just send me an email and I'm going to get to it when I get to it if anything goes wrong. <laughs> Listen, but yeah. yeah, I feel like when you all, uh, I hate when old people drive. I told my mom, the, the biggest pet peeve I have about driving is I hate I like probably everybody I hate when people go too slow
1: yes and I, hate I really hate
0: when people don't use their blinker yeah because I feel like it's so simple
1: it is it's right next so to your so simple use that fucking head. blinker and I hate
0: tailgaters
2: yeah
0: but I see people I told my mom I was telling my mom I was like yo I hate when people be trying to make a turn so like say you're turning left but before you turn left you kind of jerk right you pull right wait, to turn left. It? And I'm like, what the fuck is this about? And my mom told me, she was all like, check if they're old. Cause sometimes they learn how to drive when there was no power steering. <laughs> oh my <laughs> 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 And I was I was like, Hell no, like if that's how you drive because there was no power steering and you're that old, like
1: First of all, if you so old to the point where you don't realize that there is power steering now, you really got to do that shit no more. And how long you been driving and you still don't do this shit right? Yeah, it's time, time to give it up. Yeah, you know, old people be shrinking, so
0: if you all up on the steering wheel, you're done. <laughs> you're done. Give it up. Um, That's hilarious. But yeah, I think, like, low-key, if something should be the same in, like, Oh no! A lot of good people for me in school were obviously significantly older than me.
1: Yeah. yeah. Will, you know it's interesting? Some of the ones that I resonated with were younger. Like, I have a teacher. She's so dope, Miss G. She was, um, I was in one of her first classes when she just started teaching, just fresh got out of grad school. She was 24, 25.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was in her class my freshman year, or sophomore year, freshman year. And to this day, like, if I go home and I have time or whatever, she'd be like, hey, let's meet up for drinks. And now she's, like, married with three kids and everything like that. But she was the youngest teacher that I had had.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so she really, like, I looked up to her because she wasn't so much older than me to where she didn't. And then, you know, my dad's old. So I was like, "Oh, somebody, an adult that I could actually yeah. talk to and be relatable to, you know. And um, she was like she's really she was really a big like motivator for me in school and i i i was close to her because i resonated with her a lot like she wasn't she wasn't too young towards like oh friend but she wasn't too old to where it was like hey i feel comfortable talking to you about a lot of things yeah you know i
0: feel like i was close to a few teachers i was really close to one of my principals um uh, Mr. Gorham, and he was like older. He had like two young kids. At the
1: time of mm-hmm. I'm in high school. OGs be dope though. i would like, really probably dope. say,
0: you know, when I was in high school, he might have been like early 50s, like late 40s. Like I'll give mm-hmm. that to him. And I think uh, being around kids naturally, I think you get an extra boost of energy. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was hella energetic. Like the dude, he was hella tight and he kept it hella real. He mm-hmm. was one of those, he was like, you know, he was like, yo, what the fuck you doing? Like. <laughs> this, this ain't adding up. And then there was like, I had another teacher and she was, you know, obviously everybody's kind of significantly older than you are in high school. I had another teacher, Mm -hmm. though who was probably like, he was probably like 30 though, when I was in high school Mm -hmm. and me and him definitely clicked. And he was probably the Mm -hmm. one who really was all like, this is, this is bullshit. (laughs)
2: Like,
0: (laughs) like, I don't know what the fuck you thought she was doing, but this ain't it. But I think I I connected with people who are older. I think once you get past a certain age, you kind of stop giving Mm -hmm. a fuck about certain shit. Right. So it's it's like you I feel like at a certain point when you're old, it's very black and white. Right. It's like look. And on certain things, I can appreciate that. There's certain things where I can't take it. There's like very much a gray area. But on certain things like that, black and whiteness is like I can appreciate that. Also, I think old people are, are funny. Like And this is the thing about comedy. Like, I got into a thing about comedy and, like, comedy today and, like, everybody's Mm kind of, you can let your personal feelings be known and then people can Mm -hmm. rally behind that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, speak your mind. Like,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: obviously, like, I can only speak on, like, Dave Chappelle. Like, you said some things and people have some things that they feel about it. I'm Mm -hmm. not part of any community that he spoke about, so I have no personal feelings on what he said Mm -hmm. that I think. I should share because I don't think they matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but with that being said, I think, like, I say that to say, like, old people are funny because they come from a certain time of, like, you just, like, it was, you got to be honest. Like,
1: right. it was just about
0: being honest.
1: Like, this is what it is, and this is what you're going to get if you don't like it. And honestly gonna... hurt.
0: You know what yeah. I'm saying? But
1: sometimes, I think
0: some, some people... Not to get in this type of thing, but it's all like and this could be political, but it's like I could look at a person and like they've been they were honest, even though I don't agree with it. They were honest. And I think some people are taking y'all can't take the fact that they were honest. <laughs> like that's what they do, is like, do you agree with it, what they said? I mean, no. Like you don't have to. You don't have to like that person, but like then people be so offended for that person being honest and it's like these gray areas of, like, at a, I, like I said, at a certain point, you got to stop arguing with people because you're going to get to just how they feel. <laughs> right. It's just like, that's just how they feel, and there's nothing you can change about that. Like, that motherfucker, right. that's right. just written in their DNA. Right. But don't be mad at somebody being honest and, and like, telling their feelings, but... I don't know. But that's why I think I always kind of resonated with, like, a, a older crowd. I think I could just... I gelled yeah. with the fact that, like, just... Shoot the shit to me because I, I was very, right. I was very like, I'm going to say what I say. Like my junior year, my first year, my first day of class in my AP US history class, my teacher had assigned seats and she sat me in the back of the class. I stood up as soon as she gave her, right, her seat because I was at the last. I'm Tyler, so I'm always kind of at the end. I stood up and said, uh Professor Parson said at the front of the bus for me to sit in the back of this goddamn class. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: I stood up and said that shit in front of 30 other kids and she was like shell-shocked. I, well, I sat in the front the front of the class for the, rest of the year I had an A. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was all <laughs> like,
0: It is what it is.
1: <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing, like I respect to the get to the get straight to it too a lot of times. Like, you know, being around the bush like I said this, this I said what I said. Mm-hmm. It's like one of my things I say. But it's like there's I think also too, there's a way to be honest and a way to say it sometimes. Oh, for sure. Like, there's there's too many people I think that be like, I don't give a fuck how you feel. Duh, duh, duh. Well, be a good human. You could be a good human and still be honest. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? They don't have they can take what they want from it, but you ain't gotta be an asshole. You don't gotta be I, an asshole. Nah. Like, you know, I I'm, I'm I'm very big on like speaking honest too, but I also consider other people's feelings to an extent I, or if, to, I, an to an extent. extent.
0: I say this, I tell people, I'm like, like, sometimes, you know, I think now people are like, kind of have, I feel like our generation is starting to have those difficult conversations a little more Mm -hmm. and understanding that, like, they're uncomfortable, but you got to get through it. Oh, yeah. Our generation in particular, like, Mm -hmm. whether that be within your own friend groups at a larger scale, but basically what I'd be telling people I say, look, like, especially when you got to say something to somebody, if it's a significant other, it's somebody you care about, mm-hmm. or if it's something that's on your heart and you, you feel some type of way. I'm like, look, you got to say what you got to say. And because mm-hmm. I'm like, you got to do it for you. I tell people, I'm like, you got to say what you got to say or how you feel for you and do it the best. You know, say that information the best way you can, that it comes across the way that you want it to in the way that's the most digestible or the best communicative way. But you can't be worried about how people going to feel because they're going to feel what they feel. Mm-hmm. And you got to let them get through that. You've done your part. You said mm-hmm. what you had to say. Mm-hmm. You got your piece off. After that, yep. everything else is out of your control. They could be mad. They could be sad. They could be upset. But that's on them. And as long as you yep. can sit at the end of the day, I'd say, I'm like, yo, if you did what you had to do, say what you had to say. You got to let that shit fall how it fall.
1: Exactly. You know, that's that's like you have to, I mean, and that's the thing, like being honest with yourself (laughs) at the end of the day. Like, if you don't get everything that you need to get off your chest, like you said, like in the relationship with your friends or significant others, it's always going to be just sitting there. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then now it becomes a, a point of like, okay, when's the right time to like let this off? Because I had an opportunity to do it, you know, like. You know, say for example, like you're having a conversation, and be like, "Look, I feel like this, this, and this, and this," but you didn't get it all the way off. Now y'all on the way to like a wedding or some cute shit, and you be like, "You know what? Matter of fact, this is how I feel." And it's like, bro, timing.
0: Like, <laughs> I also hate some old shit. Like, I hate old shit that I feel like we definitely could have taken care of. Yeah. In the past, especially, yeah. especially if I'm talking, I, I feel like now, like now that was, I've come and like realized how I, I like to communicate. Like mm-hmm. I feel like um, I'm not always the attacker in the communication. Sometimes, when stuff is real hostile or tense, I like to take my time because I feel like the Aries in me. I'd be spicy. Like I really be like spicy <laughs> in the beginning. I'd be like, "Yo, like look,
1: look,
0: give me a minute. Let me collect my right? thoughts and like get my emotions under control." Help you? Because that I've help you? I've learned it because I've gone. I've, I've been in a situation where I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk, but the person's like, I want to talk. I'm like, all right, you want to talk? Let's fucking talk. <laughs> you piece of shit for talking more than me. Like mm-hmm. right now, when I told you I want to fucking talk, so fuck you. I'd be upset. You know what I'm saying? I'd be, yeah, I'd be spicy. So I'd be like, let me, let me come back to you when I'm like in a right mind. Right. Because the thing about it is, what I've learned, it's not even about being spicy. It's like one, I want this to be a. Communicated effectively. Like, mm-hmm, I, want mm-hmm. I want this to go right the first time. Um, right. I also don't want to I... be malicious and, like, hurt nobody. Right. Because I've been hurt by words. And I know how much some words can really hurt Same. you. And I'm not trying to yeah. reciprocate that kind of
1: energy. Bruh, bruh, that that whole sticks and stones can break my bones. Words can never hurt me. Like, bro, shut the shit. Shut it the up. They told me, they
0: was really like, look, yeah, I feel like that was... I feel Why like,
2: so you, yeah,
0: I feel like, tell me honestly, sometimes you just gonna have to eat some shit. But like, that motherfucker hurt. But like, every once in a while, you might have to just eat that motherfucker and get on. But right. like, nah, that should be hurt.
1: No, sometimes, word, like, I'd rather get punched in the face. At least it's gonna heal up. Like, I do remember it, but damn. Also, that pain heals like, quick. Right. It quick, it happened, boom. With words, I'm like, damn, I'm over here thinking about it. It's replaying in my head before I go to sleep. I can't sleep. Like, no. Yeah. So I'd be like, um, but I feel it's, like, healthy, it's healthy that you do that though yeah but in the same sense
0: i'd be like i'd be given i feel like now i get the opportunity i'm like you know what's up like you want to talk about something i'm here to talk like just recently or here's the best example i can give i told rain i was gonna record and do some shit and it happened later and when it was over rain is real big on her time and it's like you gotta really like you want to talk about this because I know this time thing probably really messed you up. So it's like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: not being scared to communicate, I think yeah, it's like just a big thing. That's, that's like it. a big life lesson, and I that's, feel, that's one thing. Oh, go ahead. I feel like why can't we learn that earlier? And that's like a a thing that's like generational, like because mm-hmm. it's like ask yourself like how did me and my mom communicate? How did you and your your dad communicate? it's like a generational thing and we are the generation now figuring that shit out because it's like, Uh I'm I'm, like, I'm telling myself, I'm like, yo, I don't blame my mom. Like my mom did the best she could. I love her to death. Like that's not going to change. But like in hindsight, you know, I I tell myself, I, I, I didn't want to be yelled at by you in that kind of way or, and then you tell yourself, I'm like, I can't, I can't continue that. I can't yell at my kid the same way or I can't yell at anybody that way because it's right. not effective communication like I'm not going to get yeah. what I need you to get
1: right and also like like you said like, can like that's one thing one of the things I definitely learned a lot like being in this relationship with Cam is that communication right like I've I felt like growing up I didn't have a lot of space to really express myself so I it was easy for me to just shut down and be quiet like mm-hmm. especially so my it. it's like just let me just, where's my bad somebody call me? Anyways, it was easy for me to just um like shut down and be quiet. But um, being with him, like I've learned a lot. Okay, like there's a, there's an incident like that happened, like maybe we were together for like two months and I saw something and it was supposed to be for like this school that he was um <clears throat> working with but I thought it was like a present to some other chick or like maybe me. And I'm like, let me not ruin the moment, you know, timing. Right. So mm-hmm. the old me would have been like, Hey, what the fuck? Boy, boy? And I was like, let me not be this person. Let me just wait. And so when I brought it up to him, he was like, Oh no. He's like, that's actually a prize for the girls basketball team, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm glad I like waited to ask you, but like, I'm glad I was able to communicate it without like, going back,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know? So, like, but learning that, that took, like, literally this relationship taught me that shit, because I was not good. Yeah. I would
0: say probably the... the. <laughs> it's funny talking about this. I talked about this with Reina. I've learned a lot being being with Reina, and I, f- I feel like, and I think me and Reina both feel like, like, this is the person we trying to be with, for real. You know? Mm-hmm. I'm still relatively young. We've only been dating for two years, but like we communicate a lot about like how we feel, and
2: and Mm -hmm. this
0: relationship is for both of us. Not like a relationship we've been before. The funny thing about it, though, is I think I credit a good a good amount of learning lessons and like self realizing learning about myself from like a previous relationship that had lasted a while. And Mm -hmm. and it's funny because that person has said. I'm the type of person that like men learn their lessons for to then give to other women. And that's like mm-hmm. a really sad thing. And mm-hmm. uh, I really, I apologize to them for like being, I was, mm-hmm. I'm young. I, you know, I only knew what mm-hmm. I knew, but regardless of the fact I apologize, but I feel like I learned a lot from that particular relationship in the sense of like self-reflecting, like what you're saying, learning right, about yourself. Right. I really have to look back and like, let me,
2: not have no ego
0: about it let me hear every let me yeah. try to remember we had conversations like everything that i did wrong or that you felt like i did wrong that you didn't like and just like try to learn from that and like really get something from that mm-hmm. and i think yeah i i just realized like really how one how i should be treating a person that i want to be with for real and then how mm-hmm. i should also be treated back mm-hmm that's probably gross. And, That's gross. And the communication part. Because when I was a kid, I was I was like you. I resonate with like that shutting down thing. Mm-hmm. And mine was particularly towards women. Like Obviously, it was just me and my mom growing right. up. So it's like, when shit get hot, I'm like, all right.
2: Yep, just, You're going to mm-hmm. keep on
0: going. And I, I'm not going to be able to say nothing. So I'm not going to say nothing to begin with.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And not communicating is probably the worst communication <laughs> Literally, not
1: saying anything
0: uh, is the worst thing you could do.
1: Yeah, the worst. And see, like, and you know, in my growing up, my household, like, my parents argued a lot, like, argued all the time. Mm -hmm. So then I get into my first relationship, and guess what we doing? Arguing because I thought it was normal. Yeah. It ain't fucking normal. (laughs) And then get into this relationship, we haven't argued once. Been together for four years. We had, like, some passionate conversations, but we've never argue yeah same because don't nobody got time for that and yeah. to really not communicate
2: yeah
0: i feel like yeah once you know that like arguing i think once you realize for real i think what it is or at least a part of it is once you realize that arguing in the way of like everybody's yelling once you realize that it literally does no good Know which way or the other, I think you'll realize, all right, I don't want to do this because then I'll never get it right. Like, you'll never figure it out.
1: Everything's just, everybody's just reacting on how they feel in that moment, and ain't nobody actually listening to anything. At all. Like, nobody's listening. Nobody's listening, nobody's processing, everybody's responding to shoot back. Like
0: (laughs) It's very true. Well, I mean, I almost got you here for two hours, like... (laughs)
2: But good
0: I think stuff. it's been a, a good episode. How how you feel, man? How how are you? How have you enjoyed yourself?
1: Man, you know, just casual conversations with my nephew. Yeah, know.
0: I got camp coming on literally in like two days. I know. And Cam. everybody keeps on asking me. I'm like, yeah, I'm recording with Lee and Cam this week. Are you doing it together? I'm like, no, I'm doing it separate, man. I'm trying to get the individuals before I get the group.
1: Man, that's some somebody else asked if we wanted to do that because. Um, just cause like, I guess, well, and I guess a lot of people, we have a lot of friends that like, like us as a couple mm-hmm. and everything They're like, Oh, you guys should just talk about like relationship stuff. And I was like, nah.
0: nah, nah, one thing, me one thing being in my current relationship with Raina that we always stress is we're two individuals coming together because yeah. my last relationship. In which I learned those lessons. One thing about myself in that relationship, I was very involved, like Mm -hmm. in every way. When that relationship that it it took me in all my emotional highs and lows, I was way too, Mm -hmm. way too attached. Not to say you shouldn't be attached to your person, but you got to be like more
1: attached to yourself than anybody. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. So, no,
2: yeah, straight up, yeah.
1: There's definitely a healthy balance in that, and that's the thing. Like we definitely feel like that too. Like he be doing his thing started his businesses. I'm doing my thing. Started mine. They're in two different like sectors. We ask each other like, "What you what do you about to think about this, or what should I do about this?" Mm-hmm. Just to have another set of eyes. But we're not like, "Oh, you can't do this without me, or you can't do this without me." Like we don't operate like that. Nah, I feel
0: like I come from a place of support, man.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm just
0: like at the end of the day, I just if I could do anything for anybody, I'm gonna root you on, like yeah that's up. what it is i think i just i'd be trying to i tell people i'm just trying to be positive i feel like i was talking to my. i was positive. i was talking to my friend it can be hard for some people
1: yeah i was talking I was,
0: yeah. I was talking to my friend spencer and spencer's like a little pessimistic kind of pessim- pessimistic in a way and for example we were talking of like we were talking something simple and i was like say we go out on vacation right and we meet some locals, and we're trying to go out. And these like locals are like, "Yo, we know this spot." Spencer was like, um, "Spencer was like, no, I wouldn't do it. I'm going back to the hotel." And I'm like, "What? Like, some people and they seem cool, I'm going. Like, this is a once in a lifetime experience." And I'm like, basically, what what it came down to is like Spencer was a little more reserved, a little more cautious. And I'm like, I'm, I only got this. I'm positive. I'm leading with positive thoughts. I'm trying to do it like. I'm trying to make the best of what I have. And and mm-hmm. basically with that, with that being said, like I just be trying to think of like, I told Spencer, I recognize the worst thing that can happen. Like what's the worst possible outcome? I recognize it and that's it. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, boom, that's it. Like just put a circle around it. It's off to the side though. I can't focus on it because I'm only going to put energy into this coming to reality. So I'd be like, I'd be moving on. Oh, I kind of lost you.
1: Oh, my bad. I hit this. mute. But, um, yeah, like, it's one thing to acknowledge it, what could happen, but then you don't live in the what could happen. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, the pessimistic mind, I can't – I cannot get with that, bro. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I think there's – I mean, people being pessimistic, I'm sure there's, like – It comes down to trust issues as
1: well. I think it's, like,
0: you know, you, know, you got to obviously, like, you being cautious for the sake of your safety – For the sake of your health or whatever it may be, I'm I've naturally been a reckless person. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I've I've told Spencer like me and Spencer had a long ass conversation. I was like, I've been through all this shit and I'm still going. So like, all that proves to me is that's what's the that worst possible outcome. I might have been this close. I might have been this (laughs) close. you
2: still here. I'm
0: still gonna keep on going. Like,
2: I'll
0: be like, fuck that shit. I'll
1: be like, fuck that shit. That shit's why <laughs> like, I live to tell it. Yeah, yeah. Had, I'm def- I'm definitely like like cautious in a sense. Like I keep cautious in a sense, I keep my head on a swivel. Like, yes. I'll be, I'll be in a jack of the spot, but I'm gonna be looking. I'll
0: be to like, shit that nobody noticed.
1: Yeah. The
0: same thing with Spencer. We went sure. we were in Arizona, we went fucking um ATV writing. Mm-hmm. And the ATV spot also had a gun range. You could like write ATVs and then shoot some guns, which I think is insane.
2: Right. That sounds insane.
0: <laughs> and not right. like not like no regular gun, like a big ass gun. Back like Yeah, the clips. Man. And but with that being said, while we were there on that property, like trying to get our ATVs, I remember when me and Spencer left, I was like, Did you notice how many people had guns? Like just on them? He was like, oh, <laughs> No. I'm like. What do you mean? Look, what? You I knew I was like Spencer. I knew every motherfucker with a gun, and I knew at least three distinctive features about their face. Like
2: right. <laughs> the
1: crazy thing, I do that same thing. And Cam, he like, you got a prison. He like, he likes to tell me, he's like, you got prison tactics. I was like, no, like I'd be looking, like Listen. I can, I can see when stuff pops off like ten miles from here. I go, <laughs> ooh,
0: something <ain't> right. <laughs>
1: Every time I go somewhere, I'm like, okay, where's the nearest, like, emergency exit? Cool. Like, I'm one of those people. But that don't mean I'm not going to enjoy myself in that space. But just know I peep some shit yeah. before we get in. I'm the no, same boy. way. I have what... done the same exact thing.
0: I said, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I said, I got jumped jump one time. I'm going to keep it a buck. Like, I got jumped jump one time. <laughs> that shit changed everything. <laughs> that shit changed everything. Because, like, yeah. he, like when the shit happened, you can just see, you, you can see the buildup. <laughs> You can see the
2: build-up.
1: Right, hold to, on. you some shit. you like, hold
2: on. Mm-hmm.
1: Hold, why like, y'all look like that? <laughs> exactly. Why y'all look like that? <laughs> yeah. Nope. That shit... A- I, I keep my head on the silver as much as possible because and it's not being pessimistic, it's just like people are crazy. People like,
0: are crazy.
2: There's some really,
1: really good people, there's some good people in the world, but there's also people that are here to just fuck shit up. And you gotta keep your eyes on the people that are just here to fuck some shit up. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It's true. Well, I think we gonna
0: wrap it up right here. I appreciate you for coming on.
1: Of course, thanks for inviting me. Yeah,
0: I got it. I definitely want to get you on later with you and Cam. Like, I definitely want to get a both of you kinda episode. I definitely I don't know if I've actually heard like the beginning of your guys' story, which would be interesting oh, man. to hear. Um man. but yeah, no, Cam's next. You you
1: would actually be if you did that, you would actually be the first like person to actually catch it.
0: Oh yeah, see, I definitely gotta do it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we, we, we're the first one that we actually like spoke to, and it's it's recorded.
0: So. Oh, yeah. See, I like yeah. the stories. I'm here for the story. I be telling yeah. me and Raina's story all the time because it's so crazy because she's from Oxnard. I was born in Oxnard. Uh, That's crazy. Dude, okay. I remember she was. Her grandma knows everybody.
1: Wow. Her, her
0: grandma lived next door to my great-grandma, to Latilian. Uh-huh. She saw my she saw my great grandma be be pregnant with my grandmother. She saw Dang. she saw her grandmother be pregnant with my mom, and then she said she briefly saw my mom pregnant with me. She also oh. has friends who knows your dad. Oh, bruh. Because I was all like, uh, I was like, you know, like I got a family from out here. Like my mom's father is also from out here. I'm not familiar with him, but I like I know his name is Bill. <laughs> yep. and then they so they like figured it. I was like, his last name is. Pretty sure his last name was Crier, like it's Crier. Oh, so I'm yeah. like, yeah, his name's Bill Crier. They're like, oh, Bill. Oh my God. i not small. You feel me? But I was really, for funny. me, for me personally, because you know I lived in Oakland <laughs> my whole life. I was like, and when her grandma was like, "What's his last name? Who who is people?" She's like, "I know them." I was tripping,
1: Bruh. tripping.
0: We tell people all the time, and then people are like, "Y'all didn't know each other until y'all met." I'm like, "I ain't know who this person was, ooh, bro." Ooh.
1: That's a whole nother story episode.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I that's appreciate you being girl. on. Until the next time again, hey. this is the wonderful, uh, intelligent, creative Leah Cryer, soon to be Leah Cash. How would you like to be known as you wanna just start being known as Leah Cash and just get like get used to it?
1: Yeah, that's why I keep putting it on everything. Okay, I'm like, cool. I'm not, I'm not hyping nothing, so yeah.
0: Cool. Leah Cash. Leah Cash. We and then okay. Before we sign off, speaking on the name change, this has just been something me and Raina talked about. I don't feel no mm-hmm. ways about changing your name. I feel like if you worked hard and your name holds some type of weight, keep it. That's mm-hmm. it. that's mm-hmm. your name. You know what I'm saying.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: but I just want to know personally how you know what went into you deciding you want to change your name. Also, Cash is a hard last name.
1: <laughs> same. So, like. Leah Cryer, I feel like I've, I think everybody knows me that for one, it's just not a regular like last name, right? It's kind of, I don't know where the hell it comes from. Mm-hmm. Two, it's um, like I really associate it a lot with like basketball and like sports, like and things like that. It, and I don't really know how many people knew my name like that in college. They just knew like Leah. hmm. And even, like, kids at school, like, they would call me, like, oh, Miss Leah, Miss Leah was never, like, Miss Cryer, Miss Cryer. So I didn't necessarily have, like, an attachment to it like that. And also, too, like, getting married, especially, like, all the things that me and Cam talk about, like, we're all about, like, legacy now. Like, what do we want to, like, create here? Because, Mm
2: -hmm. you know,
1: love where I come from, but there's also, like, things associated with that that I don't want.
0: I understand.
1: I'm I'm coming into like a whole new version of me that I'm that that's not part of me no more. Yeah, you know. And now we're establishing something that like when our kids get here, like yeah, y'all gonna hold this cash name, like you know. But we're just we're he's even defining like what he wants cash to look like now that we're coming together. So yeah. that's real. It's about it's about like what we're building in that sense, like how do we want to define what cash is? Yeah, you know. So. I, I I thought about it at first. I'm like, dang, I've been Leah Carr my whole life. Like, <laughs> it's kind of a chance to
0: like re- like reinvent yourself exactly, a, to a certain extent.
1: Like, exactly, and that's and that's how I'm looking at it. And like, I'm hella looking forward to it. Well, that's dope, and I'm
0: excited that you're looking forward to it. So, yeah. everybody, it's here from now on. It is Leah Cash. <laughs> Yes, CEO Leah Cash that's what it's gonna be from now on
1: <laughs> Italicized Leah <laughs> Italicized
0: Leah <laughs> but Loki, that's the hardest that's a, word it's like it, you so. know you special if your name is italicized
1: yeah. shout out to autocorrect <laughs> yeah. that that's, that's gonna crazy. be right. if you tell that
0: that's that's your nickname you be like how'd that happen oh man autocorrect
1: <laughs> I was texting my nephew and that shit
0: called me that and I was like oh I'm with it that's it <laughs> but uh, i
2: appreciate
0: okay <laughs> i appreciate that's really an okay, okay bet right there it's like <laughs> oh <I> bet
2: <laughs> right
0: <laughs> but i appreciate you being on leah uh until the next time yeah y'all can catch me on another one next week another episode of okay
2: bet and we out of here
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the OKBet Podcast with your host, Dimitri. You can find us next week for another episode. You can always find us on all major streaming platforms such as Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon and Pandora. You will also be able to find us on all major podcast hosting sites. You can also follow the RSS feed to anchor.fm. You will also be able to find me on socials on both Instagram and Twitter at underscore underscore Mitri underscore underscore. And you will also be able to find our main podcast page at Figure It Out Productions on both YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at Figure It Out or Figure It Out Productions. As always, I thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.
2: Have a good one.